Yeah. Yeah, I was waiting for it. I wanted to know if it was coming in the R or the back, but it's here. And we are here, and it, we are back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. I am the Big Ugly. And we are here in the Mansion 2.0. Big yep. Ugly, you just had a escapade. You were traveling around the world. Yeah. Uh, tell, us, tell us something about that. Yeah, man. I uh, recently went on a cruise for a week. Yeah? Um, yeah. I'm an avid cruiser, man. This is my fifth Is this cruise. like the Rock and Jericho Russell cruise that's supposed to be coming up later this year? Not as cool as that. Not as cool Not as, as, cool as that. that. Um, you know, we went to the Bahamas, so okay. it's good to get away from the Maryland area, get away from the cold weather. You and Mrs. Ugly? Yes, me and Mrs. Ugly. Is that how we can refer to her on yeah. this podcast? <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, it's like, does she want to be referred to that? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I never. I asked you at the first time you said "big ugly." I was like, you really want to be referred to as "big ugly," but uh, you know, that's all right. So you had a good time, and uh, you came back safe, healthy. You don't have any, uh, you know, diseases from the cruise or anything, right? You no, good? yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm good. Um, I'm sorry. I was checking my phone real quick. Yeah. Message came through, but yeah, no, no. The You're blowing up. Yeah, the the cruise was good. <laughs> no diseases. Um. I got to ride ATVs for the first time in Bahamas. Yeah. That was pretty fun. That's yeah. good, man. ATV riding is cool. Now, did you get to drive it all by yourself? Or yeah. Did you have somebody with you? No, no. Nah, nah, you just drive it by yourself. Yeah. That's they, pretty they take cool. you on this like, little trail and stuff. You go out near the water. It's pretty cool. All right. Yeah. Mr. Doom Buggy. I love right, it. Yeah. ATV. All yeah, right. Man. But, um, yeah, glad to be back, man. I've been out of this for a week, obviously, so I miss Raw and SmackDown. Oh, boy. So, you I'll gotta catch, catch you up. You gotta catch me up, man. Oh, I will catch you up, and we'll talk about some news that's been happening in the pro wrestling world. Um, you know, and, and actually, while you were gone, I got to have a conversation with a couple of our podcast veterans uh, on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast: Grizzlyo, Tomahawk, the Dark Horses. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. I know exactly who you're talking about, man. And uh, you, you told me about this interview, man. I'm excited to hear what these guys have to say, man. I know that they're like brothers, and you know. Doing big things down the EWA, so they're doing big things in EWA and all up and down the DMV, as they call it, the Delaware, Maryland, Virginia kind of deal, the DMV. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and this is a really kind of behind the scenes interview, very passionate from both guys. Uh, I've had my differences with both guys, but you know what? I'm out of that scene now, so I can kind of shoot candidly with them. And we did shoot. We went behind the curtain, behind the scenes. Uh, we're gonna do that in our second segment of this podcast, and then uh, after that, you know, we'll come back and wrap up with our other stuff, but. But, uh, yeah, you're going to really love this interview, Big Ugly. Grizzly Leo and Tomahawk, the Dark Horses. They're on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. And I want to tell you something about we're blowing up. And I'm going to go off on a tangent right now. We do Let's this do it. every Tangents. time. But, my goodness. I, People you know, look forward to the tangents, man. They do. And they really do. And this is a tangent that we go off on a couple of times. Uh, you know, but... We're blowing up. And you, you, you've been on a cruise. You might have been out of it. You might not have been connected to the world. But... Our last podcast with the Royal Rumble review that we did, man, quicker downloads, faster downloads, more listens than ever before so far, and we get that almost every time with every yeah, podcast. Man, hey, I gotta more put you over, people. man. You put me over? I gotta put you over, man, because you have pretty much been spearheading the marketing campaign hey. for the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, and you recently made some switch ups, and I feel like, man, we're just getting so much more engagement. From, you know, the changes that you're doing on social media and everything. And so, you know, I thank you for all the hard work. Of course, I thank the listeners. Yes. Seeing more subscribers on SoundCloud. 
And I just, I just love it all, man. Thank you, Big O. I appreciate that. And I got to say, you know, I, I, I've done this from the beginning, you know, with the Facebook page and the Twitter and everything, and we got Dirty Ugly Wrestling at gmail.com. I think that's still out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but let me tell you that, because everybody's on social media. It's not yeah. really email now, yeah. so it's everybody's hashtag and everything. Um, I want to thank uh, Matt Temby, you know, one of our uh, first you know, a podcast of this year, 2018, and he's a podcast veteran as well. He gave us some information while we were just talking on the podcast. And you know what? A couple of little switches to the Instagram, a couple of hashtags later, and boom, we are blowing up more than ever. So thank you very much. Thank you to everybody following us on Instagram. You can find us at Dirty Ugly and also Mikey D, The Voice. Um, You're going to find all of that. So I combined the two two Instagram pages. Okay. So they're all there. And on Facebook, we're at Dirty Ugly Wrestling 2018. So I combined a couple of Facebook pages uh, into one page. So now we're getting more followers there. Um, And, you know, you can also follow us on Twitter at DU Wrestling Pod. Uh, So we're still on Twitter. And uh, you can follow me and the Big Ugly on, uh, you know, Facebook as well. Uh, Michael Delson, Eric Murphy, you can find us out there. Follow us, subscribe to us, and you're going to see Dirty Ugly Wrestling all over the place. So thank you to everybody who is sharing, who is listening, who is subscribing, commenting. We're getting comments. We're getting likes. Uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And who knows what else in 2018, Big Ugly. Yeah, man. This is going to be a big year for us. We're still at the beginning, man. I'm looking forward to more interviews, uh, you know, more guests. Of course, more wrestling talk. I know we already said we're going to Matt Timmy back in the right. summer. How yeah. people stay fit for the summer. Right. Uh, man, it's just going to, it's going to be a good year, man. Every year has gotten better for the DUW podcast. The DUW, I'm telling you. And I've been still involved with SWO Pro Wrestling in Pennsylvania, and they are blowing up, too. I mean, we had a show this past Saturday night. I don't know if you know about this, Big Ugly, but it was snowing. It was sleeping. It was raining. It was nasty outside. But we still pulled a capacity crowd. I mean, they were there an hour ahead of time waiting us for us to see uh, what was going to happen. And Nuncio, former ECW Tag Team Champion, former WWE Cruiserweight Champion, otherwise known as Little Guido, uh, he was there uh, in attendance. He had a great match with the uh, the champion, the SWO Unlimited World Champion, the almighty Reverend Ace Dallas. I cannot wait to get him and the Praise Me practice. You would love this. You're a man of God, so you're yeah. going to understand when we get the Praise Me practice on here and SWO, Susquehanna Wrestling Organization, follow him on Facebook. And um, again, tangents and tangents. Why don't I just put over MCW Pro Wrestling? They had the Four Horsemen anniversary show this past Saturday night. Also, uh, ACW came back. Ellsworth's Homecoming, James Ellsworth back to ACW. Jerry the King Lawler was there. Also Austin Aries. But the Four Horsemen, it was Ric Flair, it was Tully Blanchard, it was Arn Anderson, it was Barry Windham and J.J. Dillon. All of them were there in the house. Evolve Pro Wrestling the very next night in Joppa, Maryland. Just, this is a great time to be a fan. It's a great time to be a fan, man. And you can't say, you know, uh, indie fans are dedicated, man. And they will show out for you and show you love. Man, I got to go on a tangent. You know they love the tangents. We yeah. just said this. Go ahead, Big Ugly. Man, so um, you mentioned James Ellsworth. I did. And I recently listened to Ellsworth on... The uh, talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. The the more recent one he was talking right. about the release. Right. Okay, talking good. About the release. Very good. Um, <clears throat> listen, I like Ellsworth for as far as I know him on you know TV. Sure, sure. He kind of was talking about um, you know him after he got released. Of course, like a lot of people wanting to get him on the on pod, on their podcast. Right, right. right. Now, to me, in he the said he way- was going to do ours. By the way, I, saw, I sent him a message. I'm sorry. Go ahead, but uh, you know, he was going to do Jericho's first. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's like I, I didn't know. I was like wondering 
you know, is it wrong? Because CM Punk kind of said the same thing after he got released. You know, he kind of took a shot at people like wanting to get him on a podcast or a story. Do you feel like, and I didn't know if this was something that James Ellsworth was saying to say that he was like, he didn't want people soliciting him for their podcast. But do you think it's wrong for people like us on our platform to want to get the scoop when people like James Ellsworth or CM Punk, you know, depart from a company and you want to talk to them? Because I look at it as like, you know, we're, we're a news outlet. You right. Know, you know, we're a media outlet. You we know are. what I'm saying? In some form, in some regards. So it's True. like, you know, if somebody has a story, like in the story is, is that, you know, for whatever reason, this person left this, you know, world known mm-hmm. company, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's like, I, I, I don't, I wonder if, you know, is it right for us to like go and want to get that report from those people? And should those people feel upset that, I don't know, maybe it's not the biggest podcast that's coming to them? You know, what do you think about that situation? I, I totally see where you're coming from. I don't think it's wrong that uh, any news source outlet, whether it be podcast or internet or television or radio, anything, uh, wants to get the scoop because that's what we're here for. We're here for the scoops. Now, we're here to talk wrestling. We're here to talk whatever. We're not right. We're not wrong. We're just fans. But we're also a news outlet, like you just said. You know, so And we come out you know, pretty regularly every couple of weeks. So as soon as he was released, I mean, I used to work for uh, you know Jimmy. Um, and I, I sent him a message and I said, hey, bro, I'm sorry to hear what happened. But, you know, I got a podcast. I would love for you to get you on to tell your story. And then he hit the like button or something like that. You know, he didn't necessarily respond because he's got more followers now than ever. Yeah, you know, since a year and a half in the WWE, yeah. he's going to have a whole lot of people. And I, I, I get that. But to hold out to do Jericho's podcast, I mean, this happened. Ellsworth was released a couple of months ago now. Yeah. So I, I kind of like, you know, what happened and when. And now Ellsworth gets on the Jericho podcast. Is this now old news? You know, you know right. what I'm saying? Has it passed him by? Maybe, maybe not. You know, they were sold out for ACW uh, this past weekend in Glen Burnie, Maryland. But the same thing with uh, CM Punk. He waited almost a year after Cole Cabana. Right, Cole Cabana and on the uh, the Art of Wrestling, and that that was a that was a real big shoot podcast. I mean, it wasn't necessarily bashing WWE, but I mean, he waited. He didn't break radio silence for anybody. He kind of went dark on Twitter. He. it's kind of released, so I don't think it's wrong at all. But is it wrong for the performer to wait that long to tell their story? I guess they can do whatever they want. You know, it's, it's kind of on them there. They're not handcuffed by the WWE right. anymore. Yeah. But, you know, it would be nice to get the scoop, you know, have somebody scooping up for us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I don't, I I don't believe it's wrong. I, I got your back, Big yeah. Ugly. So when we go out there and we try to get these interviews and these people on this podcast, you know, we might not be the biggest. We're, we're getting there. We're, we're working our way up there. I mean, this is not just some kind of fly-by-night, hey, we're just going to start a podcast and mm-hmm. start talking. This is the way it was a couple years ago, but we've blown up. So yeah. apparently what we do works. Right. So, hey, you know, come come see us. Come see us at the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Yeah. On any one of our, you know, and I hope that, that answers your question, Big Ugly. Yeah. And I hope you feel that we are not wrong. We're just, we're not right, we're not, we're not wrong. wrong. We're just fans. Yeah. <laughs> See, it, it works. It works. And I got to say, here in the Mansion 2.0, I want to throw out this tangent. We're watching the beautiful 62-inch um, 
lit back. It's actually lit in the back and it's glowing at us. It's like it's ha, ah, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and we're watching. I think this is maybe Monday Night Raw. Yeah, from this the past is Monday week. Night Raw. Yeah. I, yeah, I figured I put it on in the background since I missed it anyway. So. You did miss it, Miz, but I mean, yeah, Miz going up against uh, Cena. So yeah, they they're going up against each other for the uh, the last spot in the Elimination Chamber match. You know, or who's going in first or whatever the case may be, or who's coming out last. But uh, Elias is actually coming in last right now in the Elimination Chamber. We're going to talk about Elimination Chamber coming up in about a week here. Um, these guys are fighting to see, you know, who's going in first. And uh, I'll just throw it out there right now. Miz is in there first. Okay. So, you know, this they had a great match. This is the main event from WrestleMania 27 years and years ago. Um, but we've got a lot going on. This was actually a pretty good match, a three-segment match. Raw was pretty good. Since the Royal Rumble, they've changed a few... Um, Changed a few graphics, changed a few camera angles, changed a few things about uh, Raw and SmackDown. And I might as well just throw this out there, Big Ugly. After WrestleMania, after WrestleMania this year in New Orleans, yep. they're going to have one pay-per-view a month, which is okay by me. So that's like 12 pay-per-views a year. That works. But every pay-per-view is going to have Raw and SmackDown represented. I, and this is what I heard. I read it briefly when I returned that they were canceling the exclusive uh, brand pay-per-views only. Um, good move or bad move? What do you say? Uh, I was going to ask you the very same thing, okay. but since you're asking me, uh, put, I'll, put, I'll say it. I, I like it because having, say, a specifically branded pay-per-view, you might not have a specifically branded pay-per-view for about two or three months after it happens. Right. So you'll have a WrestleMania or one of the big four. You'll have a combined, and then you'll have a Raw, you'll have a SmackDown, and then Raw, you know, it'll just go back and forth. So at some point... One of them's going to miss out on the Elimination Chamber, or one of them's going to miss out on Hell in a Cell, or one of them's going to miss out on Money in the Bank. You know, and that's not fair. So I like it because both shows can lead towards something that you're going to watch the pay per view, and I think the pay per views are now going to get more hits, more buys on the network, WWE Network 999. Yeah. Um, and I, I like it. What do so, you think, Big Ugly? I, no, I like it. So, but let me get the facts straight. Okay. So this means that we are now moving down to 12. Pay-per-views per year. That's right? correct. Like it used to be. That's correct. Okay, I like it. Um, I always felt like I felt like they were overdoing it. Yes, with the, with the you know the double pay-per-views. Um, it was too much, too much, too often. Right. I like you know I like that they're going back to the um, the old format. I mm -hmm. think that, I think that it'll work just like with the big four when they do them together. I think that you know the other ones can work together. So this is a good move. Um, and you know what else I like, Big Ugly? I kind of like the fact that the pay-per-view is set to be three hours, most of them, except for the big four. Yeah. And you're going to have big marquee-style matches on pretty much the whole show now. Right. Because you're going to have each top storyline, each top championship uh, represented. And then you're not going to get overkill. You can play more on Raw and SmackDown, more thicker storylines on both shows. And then, especially SmackDown, like we yeah. talked about before. And then they're going to have more of a reason to watch both shows, and it's both going to lead up to pay pay-per-view and you're going to have different opportunities to get into the pay-per-view so you're not going to be overkilling it yeah i, I, I feel it i feel it ah. that's exactly what we need and and speaking of the the whole brand uh split yes um i've been hearing also that there could be another uh brand uh shake-up yep coming. another superstar shake-up uh very much possible after wrestlemania yeah and what do you what do you think about that? Is is it time for it? Should they hold off a little longer? You know, I, what do you think? I think it's I think it's a good time. I think once you've 
taken all of your storylines up to and through WrestleMania. Usually that's where most of the big ones stop. You don't have a lot of, maybe a couple of rematches here and there, but the big stories kind of stop. And I don't mind the shakeup at all. And I think they should involve Raw. I think they should involve SmackDown. I think they should involve NXT. And I think they should involve this new 205 Live. And everything is getting booked by Hunter right now. Everything is under the Hunter, as far as I understand, because oh, Vince wow. is taking a back seat trying to do all this NXL, uh, XFL stuff for the next couple of years. So it's a back seat, and Hunter is taking the reins, so he's got guys doing the agents, doing the booking, doing the, the show, day-to-day kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't well, mind this. Yeah, I, I don't mind it at all, and I'm going to tell you what, I think SmackDown really needs uh, you know, that Hunter touch you know that he's given nxt for so many years mm-hmm. um you know i feel like there's two mistakes that can be made and we've talked about it before with the if they do a brand shakeup, right and that is number one keeping matt hardy on raw <laughs> and then number two keeping finn Balor on raw i feel like both of those guys need to go to smackdown um you know and i'm pretty sure if i thought more about it there probably be some other people that i probably switch around but those two just continue to stick out to me. Those are two guys I feel like have the potential to be top guys. They need to go to SmackDown um, because SmackDown definitely needs star power. Yes, yeah, SmackDown needs star big power. Big stories, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, it's only so much we can do with AJ Styles and Kevin Owens and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and what is it, uh, Sami Zayn and now Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler who are now in that reign for the title going to Fastlane, which is going to be the last SmackDown branded pay-per-view on March 11th, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, more in coming up podcasts. Yeah, no, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You have a lot. We talked about a lot of star power on Raw. Do you, how far, like how much is too much? Like if you, you know, do you take people like a like you leave a Braun Strowman, mm-hmm. but you put Roman Reigns on SmackDown. Mm. You maybe leave Seth Rollins. You put Brock Lesnar on SmackDown. You know, or do you still need that? upper echelon to just stay on Raw and then you just kind of shake up the little guys. I, I think And I shouldn't call them little guys, but you know what I mean. The, not the, the main eventers, right, like the, the yeah. yeah, the one to go to guys. Yes. I uh, I like both sides of actually what you're saying. It doesn't make sense to keep the flagship show uh, you know, having those big 100% guys. Yes, it does, but I think you need to put one of those big 100% guys, maybe two of them, on SmackDown so SmackDown has that star power. Like the Ultimate star power. You're talking about Roman Reigns. You're talking about Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar. Shake one or two of them up, but then shake everybody up. You know, there's nobody that should be like right now. AJ Styles is the house. Is the SmackDown is the house that AJ Styles built? Yeah. Why can't Raw be the house that AJ Styles built? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it, it could be anything. I would. I'd like to see all of them get shaken up in a different way. Now, some of them are obviously going to stay. You're not going to shake every single person up. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. But. I, I think right after WrestleMania is going to be a good time for that. Maybe not the Raw or SmackDown directly after WrestleMania. Maybe right. the week after that. Right, just to hit that reset button. Hit yeah. the reset button and let's move on to the next thing. And I'm excited to see it, man. And I tell you, again, great time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah. We're watching it right now. You got Raw, maybe SmackDown on the DVR. And we're going to talk about Elimination Chamber, which is the next Raw-branded pay-per-view. is coming up six days from now from when we're talking about this on the podcast. And it's happy to, happy President's Day to everybody, you know, to the WWE Hall of Famer Donald Trump, um, you know, to the former president of the World Wrestling Federation, Mr. Jack Tunney. Loved that guy. Um, 
you know, President's Day. And, and we get to enjoy President's Day because of the work that we do outside of the podcast. Yeah, you the know, corporate world is off. <laughs> the corporate world ain't doing nothing today. Yeah. So this is why we're here talking today. And on segment number two, like I said, we're going to talk to the Dark Horses. and are going to hear my interview with the Dark Horses. And then later on, we'll come up and we'll just uh, throw in some tangents and some things that came up on our Facebook page from some of our listeners and some of our followers. Man, uh, I got one more tangent appreciate before we you. throw this off into the Dark Horses. Do it. Interview. Do it. So, did you hear, shockingly, Rich Swan WWE, decided to part ways officially? Yes. What, what, do you, what do you make of that? Because I was actually thinking, when I saw that he got cleared of charges mm-hmm. because of lack of evidence, I'm thinking, the guy's good, we're going to see Rich Swan back maybe in a few months. I didn't think they'd bring him back right away, because I'm like, they might want to let the dust settle a bit, mm-hmm. and then work him back in. But then, shockingly... Part ways. You know, I, that it's pretty shocking. Uh, and I, I, it was great that he was acquitted and everything's okay with Rich Swan and he's going to be fine. But, you know, WWE has such a wealth of talent right now and their performance center is also blowing up. They got their take and right. they're doing tryouts from all over the world. And I guess when, you know, unfortunately, the bad luck happened with Rich Swan and he's... He's done, and I guess they didn't have a spot for him to come back to right now. And they just don't want to sit him, have him sit back, come back, and you know, not get you know, get paid to do nothing basically. So now he can go out and he can go to Ring of Honor, he can go to Lucha Underground, he can go to the Indies, wherever, and he is worth ten times more now than he was when he came in to the WWE. Well, let me say this then: given his situation, yes. and we pretty much have a new situation with Enzo Amore. Oh. Does this mean if Enzo falls under the same category? He gets acquitted, you know, there's nothing going on, there's no evidence, blah, blah, blah. Does this mean that we're just going to see the same pattern with Enzo? You know, he's just going to end up... Because, I mean, they've already... Re- they Unlike Richmond, they've already released Enzo. Right. You know, um, so does this mean that there's no chance of him coming back either? That WWE, no matter if you are innocent of it... They're just not going to put their hands on you again. Interesting choice of words. No chance. Uh, because it's all about Vince. And right. Vince does not ever burn a bridge. You could get in screaming matches with Vince. You could punch Vince in the face. You could, you know, you could yell at Vince and curse him out and sue him. And, you know, but he's not going to burn a bridge. If you can come back and make the company money, if you can make an impact, then that's going to be the thing. Rich Swan didn't have that marketing machine behind him at the point in time. Right. Enzo Amore did. Yes. And uh, if Enzo were to come back, and I don't think that's out of the realm of anything, uh, if he's completely acquitted and this thing gets past him, I see no problem with them uh, hiring Enzo back. And not even, you know, it's like, hey, you know what? And and Enzo was pretty controversial in the locker room and, you know, pretty controversial on anything he did. But I tell you what. It would be interesting, and if Enzo Amore were to come back on TV and they were to market that on some kind of commercial, I would watch it because I would want to see what he would say. Yeah. And then I would want to see what he would do, whether it be on this new 205 Live or Raw, SmackDown, it don't matter. So Vince does not burn bridges. I mean, you're absolutely right. So I, and I just I was always a huge Enzo fan. You know, listen, I, I don't know if he, if he did what he did. You know, um, if he did, obviously he will get, you know, the due punishment. Sure, you know, sure. But, um, but yeah, if he is acquitted, though, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him back to see what more he had left because I, I did want to see how his uh, career developed. But I, I, I would like him to be a heater for uh, Big Cass when Big Cass comes back, or vice versa. Have Big Cass be a heater for Enzo. You know, it, it would just be great to see anything is possible yeah, in the WWE. Be, speaking of, that'll be. I, I'm interested to see how they fit Big Cass in. I tell you one thing: if he's healthy enough. For that brand shakeup, that'll be a perfect time for him to make his way back. When Absolutely. They, 
when they do that. Um, I, but I don't, I don't, I can't remember how long his recovery is. Um, might have been so. six months average, yeah, right there. Yeah. But uh, you know, could be shortly after the WrestleMania season. And him and Carmella apparently broke up. They were together for years, and yeah. they are no longer an item. And you know what? I saw it coming. I saw it coming. I'm gonna tell everybody why I saw it coming. James Ellsworth. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was dragging him around by a dog yeah, chain. Yeah. So no, the reason I saw it coming was because he got injured. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, listen. I, I wasn't shocked at all. I was like, I was like, any injury to a pro wrestler, especially at this state, you know, we're not talking about a John Cena. And John Cena gets injured. John Cena is not worried about his spot, right? You know what I'm saying, right? Big Cass finally breaking off on a solo act, and he gets injured very soon, right? Um, that's going to put a lot of stress on him. He's mm-hmm. going to stress himself out, worrying about you know what's going to happen. Carmella's still out on the road, so what does that do? That puts a lot of stress on their relationship. Sure, and she's the money in the bank holder. She's getting a push. Her career is going off. Sure. He's concerned about his career. You know, it's going to build tension. So when when they said that, you know, it was a split, I wasn't shocked. And as soon as I found out, I was like, I know it's because of the injury. That could have started the whole thing. And and the reports, and that's what she, you know, spoke about that that contributed a lot to that issue so yeah. it's unfortunate but it is unfortunate but you yeah. know when the wrestling business it all comes first yeah. so i tell you what we're gonna um we're gonna throw this to uh our next time we're gonna go to commercial you know we're not even commercial we don't have commercials at this point in time <laughs> just throw it to break yeah. you know give you a chance to get out and get some coke zero for yourself or uh, some vitamin water or whatever else maybe a frosty for yourself maybe some aquafina yeah. um you know just get yourself a drink and then come on back and listen to the dark horses i I talked to the Dark Horses. It was a great conversation. And um, when we come back after the Dark Horses interview, uh, we're going to talk about Elimination Chamber. We're going to talk about some other things. And uh, I'm just going to throw one more tangent in there uh, right now because this is completely fake news. Fake news is apparently big news these days. Fake news. Yeah. All right. So this morning on President's Day, when I woke up, I saw it on the Internet. Some jack wagon um, put up there that Sylvester Stallone has died. You and know, I saw that, man. Did you see that? I saw that fake Now, yeah. Now, did you see the pictures on it? Was it was pictures from, the, from him, from, from Creed. From Creed. Yeah. Like when he was sick and yeah. had cancer yeah. and he almost died. But he lived through that movie. And you know what? He's still alive right now. And they are making Creed 2. Yeah. And that's going to come out in November of 2018. Yeah. And I think they released uh, one of the first posters. If I'm yeah. not mistaken, Sly Stallone re- released it. Yeah. Uh, and it's got Ivan Drago standing behind his son. And right. And Stallone standing behind uh, uh, Creed. Creed. Yeah. yeah. So, um, man, really excited for that. Um, I'm interested to see where it goes. Thrilled. I and cannot speak, wait. Speaking of, I just saw Black Panther. Who I was going to ask you about uh, this. The director, Ryan Coogler, is the same guy that directed the first Creed. He'll also be directing Creed 2. Okay. Phenomenal movie, man. Um, obviously, this movie, for a lot of reasons, meant a lot to the African-American community. Yes, absolutely. Right. But apart from that... It's just a really good superhero movie. It, it's a great extension on, you know, onto uh, the uh, Avenger series, mm-hmm. you know, from the past 10 years. Sure. And, and being that Marvel is setting up for their phase four, which means that a lot of characters, you know, the contracts are coming up. We don't know what's going to happen with your Iron Man, your Thor, your Captain Americas. So to have a good superhero starting to set up for another trilogy in mm-hmm. their phase four is perfect. And Black Panther is one of the uh, greats of the Marvel movies so far um 
Michael B. Jordan, who who plays Creed, mm-hmm. great job as Killmonger. Um, of course, Chadwick Boseman, we saw him in Captain America: Civil right. War, so right. we know how he is. Um, yeah, just a, I encourage everyone to go see it. It's a phenomenal movie. And I, I uh, I've heard a lot, and that's something I was going to ask you about. So we might as well talk about it right now. I mean, I went to the movie theater uh, not to see Black Panther this weekend, but I I went during. The Friday night, was it? Yeah, I guess it was Friday night, so it was opening weekend of Black Panther. You went to see Fifty Shades Free, didn't you? No. No. You think I'm contributing to that? I'm sorry. I don't mind anybody trying to do entertainment, but why? Fifty Shades of... I don't get it. Just go read the book. I mean, if you want to watch porn, just go out and... I mean, there's free sites all over the place. I ain't paying $18 to watch this softcore porn with these two people that I don't want to see anymore. I'm sorry. That was a tangent. But... No, we went to see fifteen seventeen to Paris. Um, so it was about was the, oh, yeah. now. I want to yeah, we'll go back yeah, to go Black Panther, but I want to tell you about this. Yeah. This is a great movie. Clint Eastwood um, directed this, and actually, the three people that were involved in this terrorist situation on this train headed for Paris uh, a couple years ago, the three actual people that were in the situation actually played the three actors in this movie, which was phenomenal. I had no idea until this was over. I went to see it with uh, my, my girlfriend Kristen, and uh, we we just had a great time. That movie was fantastic. It was more like a documentary kind of shot that way but it was also shot like a movie and these three guys that uh you know two went to the military one just kind of went off and did his own thing but they all ended up on the train to paris at the same time and then this dude you know from iran or iraq or something like that got on with 300 rounds of ammunition and only got one off and he shot one guy um but then he got charged and his gun jammed so he got taken down he got hogtied great movie Gotta check this out. And especially, they're leading all up and they're flashbacks to the whole thing. Please see this movie. It's great. And there was a book written about this kind of thing. Um, the book, you know, this was kind of based upon the book and the real story. But having the real actors in there. Plus, the guy who got shot on the train and who was, like, bleeding and almost died. He was the real guy who got shot in the whole situation. He came back and played himself, too. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I wouldn't want to relive this. I, did. I was thinking the same thing. Like, yeah. It's one thing to, like, relive a heroic moment. But to relive a moment where I got shot, like, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Now, but, now, let me tell you about this. We had our reserved seating, you know, because they got these the, these theaters out there with the reserved seats, the recliner seats. Yeah, it's all man. real nice. Yeah. Good stuff. Go out and see a movie. It's worth it. Uh, but you know what? The people that were sitting around us, it was a, kind of one of the smaller theaters, 15, yeah. 17 in Paris, maybe 50, 60 people. The people sitting around us said, most of us are here because Black Panther is sold out. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's a shame in one way yeah. because you should just come and see this movie regardless and you should go see Black Panther anyway. But like, you know, at least it'll get more eyes on this movie yeah. and more money behind the movie. I don't think anybody like Black Panther blew everybody away at the box yeah. office. Oh yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to compete with, you uh, can't. with Black Panther. You can't, you can't compete. You know, I, I'll give you a promise. It's just these Marvel movies in general. I'll give you another example. Um, a few years ago, the movie, one of my favorite movies, I love Tom Cruise is Edge of Tomorrow. Yes. You, you know what I'm talking about. I absolutely do. The same day. Mm-hmm. Great movie. It came out the same week as Captain, Captain America, America Winter Soldier. Yep. It couldn't compete. It flew under the radar, had great reviews, but it flew under the radar because, I mean, you just can't compete with the Marvel machine. Right. You know, um, it, you might as well consider Marvel like the WWE. I was just the thinking wrestling. the same thing. It's like you can't compete with them, you know. So, you know, Black Panther, you know, it's... It, it was going to dominate no matter what. Speak, but speaking of this fifteen, it's the fifteen. Uh, fifteen seventeen. Fifteen Paris. seventeen of Paris. Yeah, three seventeen. Man, Paris. I, I, listen, we don't get all political on this show because you know we do wrestling, but right. I, I think we can mention you know given the uh, circumstances of that movie, talking about this uh, young kid that just 
killed 17 people in his high school in Florida. Man. man. And speaking of, you know, we're talking about the, the gun jamming and all of that. What do you think? Oh, man. I, and, and it's like, I don't even know if we should touch this. No, that's got, fine. This is what ask, we man. do. We're dirty and ugly. Dirty this world ugly. is dirty and ugly right. sometimes. What, what do you think about the changes that need to be made to prevent this from happening? Because we've already had a mass shooting last year with the Las Vegas. Right. You know, 50-some people right. killed. Um, now we had 17 people killed. And these were most of them kids. Yeah. What 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 do we do, man? What are we doing? I, I, you know, and it's 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 hard to talk about Baltimore enough because I love Baltimore. It's a great city. I love my home, but I mean, even Baltimore had a had a bad rap last year. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But there's not really a place that you can go that doesn't have a bad rap because there's bad people in the world, and you know it all comes up from up, up upbringing from the right you know parents or at least the right facilitators. Some people don't have one parent or both parents or whatever, but it's it's about you know you got to start them young and you got to get them in the right situations, the right people. And now I know circumstances are different in the world you got different areas you got different you know people but it all got to come from the same place Mm -hmm. you know i don't know where all these people are and it's not just guns i mean it's just stupid people with bad wiring in their heads you know it and it just happens that guns are the thing that are publicized the most when it comes on the television and the social media well it's because those are the tools that are being used they are the tools. let me ask you the question so you're right you can't solve you can't solve the craziness in the world, right? Um, because you're always going to deal with that. And I mean, we've seen mass stabbings yeah. across. You know, that's that's the issue that you might see in other countries where guns are regulated. Sure, you know, are are stabbings. But do you think that it's time to have a conversation about? more uh, stricter gun control absolutely in this country absolutely and i'm not just talking about one state i'm talking about the whole country right in general yeah i mean and donald trump is the figurehead right now because he's the president but i mean congress or or somebody's got to do something yeah. man because schools <clears throat> it, it's happened in schools it's happened in churches and you know forget about and you don't want to forget about but you talk about the random things that happen in in the in the county in the city every day that you don't hear about on the news but then you hear about these things in schools in churches in in Las Vegas, that was a that was an entertainment venue. Yeah, I mean, where can you go? Yeah. Right, and be, to, safe. And be right. safe. You can't. You're always yeah. looking over your shoulder. Movie theaters. If you think about movie the Colorado uh, Batman Dark Knight shooting. That's right. And you think about now. I didn't hear anything. And, and Black Panther. This has been a whole political thing over the past you know week as course, well. Yeah. Because you know it was it was highly. Uh, anticipated by the African-American culture by saying, you know, this is not only a superhero movie, but this is a movie for us. You know what I'm right, saying? Exactly. But yeah. it's really not because, I mean, I saw all different types of people Absolutely. and they, ta- they talked yeah. about the different types of people like 27 uh, were African-American and then 20 t- 22% were uh, Mexican or, you know, Mexican, yeah. Me- Mexican Even American. Part of it was shot in Korea. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, this movie, if one thing at all, it's going to show that predominantly it's called Black Panther, but it's for everybody. Right. There absolutely. are people in the movie, and you roll down the entire thing of credits, and there's people of all races, all sexes, all creeds, all everything. Right, yeah. And, and I, I completely agree, man. And, you know, I think that the, the time is, is, is near to, you know, have a conversation about stricter gun control. Absolutely. Like some of the other countries that have succeeded, you know, with restricting guns. Listen. I respect the amendments and everything that we have, you know, and so I know that that's a big thing is, you know, you're, you're taking away that Second Amendment right, you know, to be know, but, but here's the thing about that that I think, listen, when I, when I think about the forefathers, you know, of this country putting that amendment into order, they weren't thinking of AR-15s, okay? No. You know what I mean? No. You know, they were thinking of people that, you know, and they weren't thinking of, 
a a place in which we have like such an established police force mm-hmm. that can respond to emergencies with force. You know, this was during a time where you know if something happened, you might have been in some rural farm and you had to protect your your own. You know what I'm right. saying? And that was it with your little musket rifle. You know, um, but this was a 18 year old, 19 year old kid that got a hold of you know a semi automatic rifle. Right. You know and what I mean? How? So like what right. the Seriously. And, and as far as I know, I think he got a hold of it the legal right way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. But I digress. Listen, I know this is a big, you know, it's a hot topic for um, a lot of people. But let me throw yeah. this out there. Yeah. And we'll just we'll cut off on this because we're going to get back to talking to some more thing. We're going to talk to the dark horses. We're going to talk about elimination chamber. But you mentioned the amendments to the Constitution. You know what's great about our set of laws here and the democracy that we have in the United States? That things can be changed. We are fallible. So amendments were amendments for a reason. Right. Why not amend it again? Yes. Go all the way up to the highest government in the land and amend this. Yeah, you got the right to bear arms, but yes. you got to fall under this criteria yeah. or else you're breaking the law and you're going to go to jail. Right. Or you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna pay. Right. One way or another, you're going to pay, and that we need to take some control of this now because we want people to be listening to our archived episode. This is not a cheap plug. I'm just saying we want people to be listening to us years and years and years down the road, long after we stop doing this, and be like, you know what? These two guys love talking about what they're talking about, and they, you know, they were their hearts were in the right place. Absolutely. We want the kids to grow up. We want the grown-ups to grow older. We want everybody to... Just be out there so they can go to concerts, so they can go to church, so they can go to school, and they can enjoy what they're doing and have a good time doing it. I completely You know agree. what I'm feeling? Man, I tell you what. I'm fired up now. Yeah, man. We're going to have a picture of the Black Panther movie <laughs> on this podcast, like right up here, because it, it was a fantastic movie. And I love the fact that the entertainment world is out there still making these blockbusters. And, you know, we got Solo coming up in the, in the, in the fall. Yeah, they showed, a, they showed a trailer for that on Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. And, uh, they, you know, so many things, Creed 2, and so many things to look forward to. Um, but, you know what? Why don't we take, why don't we, you know, we take a step back. Yeah. And, and, and uh, we going to come back. Come back to some wrestling. Yeah. So, um, we're going to start with the Dark Horses. Right. We're going to start, <laughs> we're going to start with them. And they're a little dark, you know, yeah. but, and this is not played on the Black Panther or anything like that. Yeah. These are two white guys. But anyway, <laughs> it, it don't matter what color they are. They're the Dark Horses for a reason because, you know what? Dark Horse means, you know, typically you're not the, you're not the one that's supposed to win the fight. You're the guy right. that's supposed to come up from behind and dig out deep, and you're supposed right. to, you know, and that's what they've done, and they are the current EWA Tag Team Champions. Controversial or not, we're going to get into that in my conversation with them, and they're going to talk about brotherhood, they're going to talk about professional wrestling, they're going to talk about a lot of things, and then we, you and me, Big Ugly, we're going to come back in segment segment number three, and we're going to talk about Elimination Chamber, we're going to talk about other things, and we're going to talk about why Sylvester Stallone has not passed away, because he's not. <laughs> he is so alive, and we're going to talk about that. So Big Ugly, why don't you take us into break? All right, guys, so go ahead and take a listen. Exclusive interview, Dirty Mike, Dark Horses, coming up next. We are back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. Big Ugly's out there doing things in the world. But right now, you know, I work on their schedule, so I got to make this happen right now. I have the current EWA Tag Team Champions. They were formerly of Supremacy. They are one of the most pure and roughest and greatest tag teams as far as I know. We've had our problems in the past, but I got no problem with these boys. I got Grizzly O and Tomahawk, the Dark Horses. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Appreciate you having us. 
Oh man, it's it's good to hear your guys' voices. I'm doing great. Podcast is blowing up, and uh, we're looking for guests all the time. And uh, guests want to come on all the time. But I was like, man, I just went to this EWA Rage in the Cage back in January, and uh, I had to talk to you guys again. I got to uh, see you guys a little bit in the locker room, and you know, kind of shooting off the cuff here. I always always liked the Dark Horses. I was always a fan. I could not wait. You guys came out for the first time a couple years ago. You got the t-shirts going. You had the, the whole thing going. And still, you guys are still here. And now you are the EWA Tag Team Champions. Grizz, let's start with you. How you feeling, man? Man, for starters, I'm feeling great. We are three-time EWA Tag Team Champions. I mean, that, that thing alone says a lot. Um, and for those of you who've been at the show, those of you who've been there within the company, know exactly what I'm talking about. This company's been through so much since we showed up. Um, for us to be there three years and for every year basically to have a championship run just proves that we're legitimate. There's consistency across the board. And every time the challenges get tougher and we just get better and we rise to the occasion, that's what the Dark Horses do. They sure do. The Dark Horses do that. Tomahawk, tell me how you're feeling about being the three-time EWA Tag Team Champions. I mean, honestly, man, it was only a matter of time to get them straps back up on us, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, we're born too late how we do it. Every single time we go out to that show, everyone knows. We get that ring, this is about to happen. And everyone got a show that night. We ain't came to play. Got them turtles back with us, man. Doing great. You sure did, and it was Rage in a Cage. It was the Steel Cage. It was uh, one of the biggest battles in the rivalry with the Dark Horses and the Oddball Army. That's uh, Blood and John Berg, and John Berg now the not only the former tag team champion, but now the former heavyweight champion as well because he lost his heavyweight title the same night to Corey Bush, the weight of the world. Um, Grizz, let's talk about this a little bit. So you guys have had a rivalry with this team for quite a while, um, and it's been you know, one of the things on the shows of EWA that you know you're going to go and you're going to see a hard-hitting match, but what do you feel about the Oddball Army, Grizzly O? How we feel about the Oddball Army is that there are there are a couple of losses away from being completely irrelevant if they aren't already right. Reason being, my brother Tomahawk and myself have whooped their ass left and right all over this great state of Maryland many a time. So, and we've made sure that their shoulders have been on the ground one, two, three, plenty of times. And when you say controversial, there was no controversy. Shoulders were down one, two, three. They took that double coast to coast. Then they took the chariot one, two, three. It was done. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let, let's go back to this controversy for just a second here. Now, um, you know, I was there. I, w- I was there. I was watching. I was a fan. Um, you know, I was a fan of the match. It was hard hitting. It was great. But, you know, at the, in the beginning of this match, it was, you know, shown that uh, the Oddball Army actually retained. And then this, uh, this decision got overturned. And then the Dark Horses won the title. So, I mean, it doesn't stand with controversy. Tomahawk, how do you feel about this so-called controversy? Well, I know you were at the show, so you understand that my frustration was very, very, very shown on my face and my actions. Yes. You got a rookie ref in there that does obviously was confused about the rules of a tag team steel cage match. You got a person that's getting pinned in that ring, one, two, three. Just because that other partner got out of the ring at the same time does not matter because the rules state that both partners have to be out of that cage to retain or regain or whatever. Right. You know what I'm saying? So there was no controversy on our part, you know what I mean? 
So in this case, it's it's a matter of the referee or the so-called rules of, of a tag team steel cage match. Normally, in a cage match, there's not many rules, if any. But in this point in time, it was not clearly designated, I guess to the referee anyway, You know whether it was escape, uh, escape the cage only, pinfall only, or one or the other. But either way, you know, I, I see your point. Both competitors in a tag team steel cage match if you're going to make it escape the cage both people have to be outside the ring for or outside the cage both feet on the floor to win so what you're saying is because you got the one two three and that happened cleanly amongst anything else that is why you guys are the three-time ewa tag team champions and that's right if you need further validation who walked out that curtain to say the dark forces were your ewa tag team champions jim christian amanda all of you know never roots for us, make sure that the tide is always going against us and what he had to come out there, eat his words and say that the dark horses were his EWA tag team champion. That's a very good point and that's something that I want to lead into the next point, you know, so we're talking to the dark horses, we're talking to tag team specialists here, and, and we're also talking about EWA, Jim Christian, now in the history of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, there's been a lot of EWA pro wrestling going on, there, and then we've talked about it even after the fact, even after I made my exit from EWA pro wrestling. I'm still here talking about independent pro wrestling. I'm still talking about, you know, Jim Christian. Jim Christian has been around for 17, 18 years running this wrestling business, and it's very well documented that Jim Christian, the Christian Academy, Jim Christian in general, you know, even though you guys are booked on the shows, even though you guys are one-time, two-time tag team champions, Jim Christian put up roadblocks against both of you, individually and together. So, is this a turning of Jim Christian? Has he joined the Dark Horses? What's going on here? Grizz, we're going to start with you. Alright. First off, no. It's not a sign of anything. Tomahawk and myself have never, ever waited for other people to go ahead and ask. And we ask them for opportunities. No, we take every single opportunity that comes away, or comes our way. So we're not sitting here sitting down at a table with Jim Christian and all his little cronies discussing the next move that need to happen within EWA to favor the dark horses. No, not at all, baby. Me and Tomahawk are sitting down over some cold ones talking about exactly how we're going to dominate this game in every aspect of it. And that's what's going to happen. Jim Christian is not on our side. There ain't going to be no big reveal for the show that we're using him to, to keep his uh, tag team titles around us. Hell no. All we need is a both of us. Tomahawk, do you agree? Of course. Of course we agree, man. We're synced in, man. Every single thing that he says is what I'm thinking. We go into that match every single time. Every single day that we get a shot, DWA and those titles, there's a robot from Jim Christian and his establishment. You can go back to even the days that are unknown and untalked about now in the supremacy. That, that, that fashion was formed because the injustices that that man has put in front of all of us at a certain point in time. He wanted to prove that he was so, so by himself and not in any conspiracies going on. But if you really look back to the history of EWA the past year, or not the past year before, when it was storming Cruz, killing every moment of our glory, there was no nothing, uh, nothing talked about, nothing brought up about all the opportunities they've gotten when they were stealing their chances. You know what I mean? So, like, there's never going to be any kind of 
calm down situation between a dark horse and Jim Christian because we never forget, ever. So that, that's a really good point that you bring up about supremacy. Now, it's been a quite a long time, uh, but not too long ago, actually, in wrestling lore, if you want to think about it. Supremacy was a group. It was, uh, you know, hashtag Pat Anthony, the social media ambassador, Violet, also, uh, who, who now calls himself the Red Prince. It was TJ Sykes. And, uh, it, you know, it was a lot of this had to do with kicking Ray C. Hawkins in the face, you know, knocking him out of his wheelchair. You know, you guys say that uh, what you're saying, you're, you're both in sync. You're both together and before supremacy you were together after supremacy you were together but talk about that i mean so this is not a faction kind of a thing this isn't an ewa pro wrestling thing this is a dark horses thing right grizzly yeah most definitely man the, the dark horses we're here to take over like i said earlier the, every aspect of the game it's not just ewa we're gonna head over to other companies we got some major moves coming this year that are really gonna turn some heads and have some bama salty but when we take advantage of those Trust me, the world is going to find out that the dark forces are really here to stay and ascend to a level most of these chumps in the back can't handle. Tomahawk? Uh, tell me about um, your issues, uh, or I, I say your dealings with supremacy. You know, I, was it ever a, a th- kind of a thing where you know you were a part of a team, or you guys were just kind of laying low, waiting to make your move, or or is it like Grizz says? You know, you guys are not only ready to take over EWA, but any other company that wants a dark horses, or uh, any other company that has tag team titles, or any company at all. When it comes down to dark horses and supremacy. Don't get anything twisted, man. When we were running EWA at Supremacy, all four of us were, were doing our thing. You know what I mean? There was no there was no love lost between things. Maybe at the end it got a little dicey, and things just needed to disperse between all of us. Because you gotta understand, there was no leader of Supremacy. They wanted to build up, you know, the media wanted to build up that there was a, a, a shift in power when Pat Anthony won the title from GJ. But what it really came down to is four guys that were hungry for everything that they thought they deserved. That could have been Grizzly O winning that heavyweight title. That could have been Tomahawk winning that heavyweight title. And it wouldn't have changed that name to that group. But we were hungry. Everyone was hungry. And that's all it came down to was people got hungry, and when they weren't getting fed, they went off to get fed their own way. You know? And I don't have I don't have no anger. There ain't no anger or animosity towards any of them because everyone's doing their own damn thing. And that's love. I mean, that's, that's what it needs to be. But we all hungry. Man. We gonna eat. You know, we gotta eat somewhere or another. We, we were all just as focused on our individual efforts as we were as our collective efforts. It was it was a well-oiled machine. At the end of the day, we all, it's just like a football team, right? Your offense, defense, and special teams. At the end of the day, everyone focuses on their factors as a game. But when you when you look at the grand picture, that's how you pick up a W. You pick up W through teamwork. And that's what we were doing. If I, if I, if I recall correctly, at one time, the premise was covered in championships, right? And, and, and then when you guys attempted to take away the championship from us, it ended up going to somebody else just to prove the depth that was within this team. And, and, and then when you look at the grand scheme of things, supremacy might not exist within EWA. But when you're looking at where all of us have gone, we still reign supreme, baby. And the moment that any company may accidentally or intentionally places in the same locker room, everyone better know that supremacy has arrived. And we're, we're, we're just as ready to get just as dirty as we've always been. So, you know, that, and that was the, the idea with Supremacy. But as I mentioned, the Dark Horses, you know, they, they were a unit, you know, long before Supremacy and, and also a unit long after Supremacy. Are you guys looking to continue to dominate the tag team or either one of you got your eye on, say, the Maryland Championship, the Heavyweight Championship, or any individual titles going on? Uh, Tomahawk, let's start with you on that one. Well, when it comes down 
to the dark horses and gold. We are always on the prowl for more. There's never going to be a point in time where we're just content with our situation in any company ever. We're always going to play hard. We're always going to be trying to eat. You know what I mean? We hungry boys. And when you say long before supremacy, dark horses running this time, we were running in dark horses since we've been little, little horses. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about like 10 years old, maybe. Like we, there's never a point in time when we stop. And we never will. When you talk about the EWA heavyweight title and the EWA Maryland championship, we are definitely going for that. Of course, why wouldn't we? Any idiot would say no. So I, I totally see this connection between the two of you. You guys are, you know, like brothers. You guys are family, you know, and that's something that is very rare in the in the world of professional wrestling, whether it be tag teams or otherwise these get, these days. I mean, I remember, you know, the first time I got to referee the, the two of you in a championship match and I got to raise your hands. There's a very iconic picture of me standing in the middle of you two with the tag team titles. And th- there's just something that's going on there in that picture. And every time I see the Dark Horses, every time I see social media every time i see you guys in person there's just something there you guys are brothers you guys travel together you guys hang together you know and and grizzly this is something i want to ask you you know is that you know like hawk said that's a bond from childhood so that's something that's going to go on you know for years to come most definitely i mean look when when, when we look back at our childhood and how we came up in every situation where we've always had to be a team and rely on each other we're looking back at a long list of losers. Like, there's a bunch of people who've taken L's throughout history, whether it had been in uh, recreational sports, gambling, or even losing their girls to us in the championships. Like, there's several losers on this list, and they've all fallen to the dark forces. And, and, and that's the whole thing. That's why we're called the dark forces. At the end of the day, you look at the two of us, and you might just see, like, see some two guys with a meager demeanor. And when we arrive, you clearly know that we're here to take over. And that's what's happened everywhere. And I'd like to credit that to that special thing that you just alluded to. And I like that. And that makes a... That makes a lot of sense, and that, that's why, I, again, I wanted to have you guys on the podcast, because you guys, there, there's a bond here, and, you know, when you guys talk, you got you talk passionately about professional wrestling and everything else. Uh, Hawk, I want to throw this back at you. Now, as far as the wrestling product today, professional wrestling, let's jump out of EWA a minute, let's talk about the world of pro wrestling, let's talk about WWE, let's talk about TNA, Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling. I, there's not too many pure tag teams left out there a lot of them went out and did their own thing but a lot of them never came back to each other you know uh, one shined higher than the other at some points in time in all of these do you guys have any inspirations out there whether it be tag team wrestlers or wrestling in general talk about the pro wrestling product today tomahawk tell me about your inspirations i mean when you see the landscape that's going on right now, man, you, you have, as a professional wrestler, you have no reason not to be inspired by what's going on today, you know what I mean? You got guys that have been on the independence for decades, you know what I mean, that are that are making their name now at the biggest stage of them all, at WWE, Boots Underground, you know, Ring of Honor, anywhere, really, I mean, these are all like million dollar companies, you know what I mean? Right. There's no one real big, huge stage. I mean, if you talk about tag teams, I mean, you know, we grew up watching, you know, the same people that you have, but except for when it came down to when we were watching them, we were saying that we're gonna, we want to beat these guys. We don't want to, you know what I mean? You know, they say, I mean, it's the greatest. We want to beat the greatest. We, want, we don't want to beat them. We want to beat the dark horse. You know what I mean? So you say we like Dudley Boys and Hardys, you know, as a cushion that like really, you know, put a name to tag team wrestling. We just want to be better. 
So you guys aspire not only to you know to watch, but to to be better. Like not not to be like these guys, to beat these guys. Grizzlyo, how about you? How about your favorite tag teams, inspirations of the pro wrestling business? Honestly, I, I'm gonna say. Like just like Tom Hawk said, our idea is not to beat them, it's to beat them. Right. But and we say that with the utmost respect. Um, we've actually even been able to rub shoulders with some of the guys who inspired us as tag team wrestlers. Um, and and the generation we grew up, man, it's gonna be hard to say guys outside of the Dudley Boys, Edge and Christian, the Hardys, and of course, other tag teams there that were amazing. But those guys took tag team wrestling to a level that it's never been at again. And, and and it's not for a lack of effort. These guys are having amazing matches. The Usos, uh, even when the Lucha Dragons were out for a little bit, they were really doing their thing. And then all the tag teams that the WWE's putting forward, you have some teams from the Indies, like War Machine, um, you know, all, all, all of them, the Young Bucks, all of them. And for example, teams like War Machine and Young Bucks, I just believe because they haven't yet had that mainstream platform is why maybe society hasn't said, hey, tag team wrestling is there. Because tag team wrestling is so in demand now that we have six-man tag team championships. So it's not that it's not there on a, like, for the wrestling fan. I just don't believe it's there on a mainstream level. But if you can get some of those teams to get up on that mainstream level, I believe that we'll have the ball raised to a level where the Hardys, Edge, Christian, and Dullies have it. And the idea is for us to go ahead and kick ass and then raise that ball even further. I like that. I like that. And I got to agree with you. I mean, tag team wrestling has been kind of up and down since the Attitude Era. But I mean, I, I when I look at you guys, I mean, I see that there is definitely a, a life for tag team wrestling in the indies and, and all over the world of professional wrestling. Because I mean, it's, it's the connection between the two. I mean, if you got two tag team people in there, which you know wrestling companies do a lot they throw two random people together um you know and then it just doesn't work you don't feel it you know they might have they might be good in the ring individually but they just don't feel it but i mean i feel it and you mentioned the usos actually i i attribute a lot of what i see um when I look at you guys in uh, professional wrestling on the indie circuit, and I look at the Usos, and there's a lot of similarities. And, you know, that, that would be a dream matchup for me one day. I mean, you never know on what level it could happen, but I, I'd like to see those two brothers who came up and did the same thing, and, you know, they kind of went to the dark side, as it, as it were, and now, you know, they're kind of showing showing they're real. You know what I'm saying? They're showing what they do, and they are, they're hotter than anything. I watch that uh, Usos match, and that's like the best match on the card at this point in time. I got to say the same thing about the dark horses man you know that's like the most exciting you know you're gonna see a fight you're gonna see a match and you're gonna see something real uh tomahawk do you agree with all this i mean the, the biggest comparison between us and the usos is that yeah it is that bond that brotherly bond i think that really you know puts every every kind of other tag teams put together you know through just you know a little pro wrestling it's a little different you know i mean they come down to like family people that you've gone through struggles with outside of wrestling that's like, you know, me and Grizz have been, been homeless, you know what I'm saying? We've been scratching things to eat, you know what I mean? We've gone through our moments where, you know, stuff wasn't, you know, in the best positions for us, but, you know, we always came and, and it's that DMV mindset of always overcoming that adversity that's always done in front of us, and we've done it the best way that we can to get to this position. I think, you know, as them being twins and brothers, I think, yeah, I mean, I can see how people would want to draw the comparison, but... Yeah, and I think, I, I mean, the only reason that I'm drawing that comparison is because, of course, you know, the Usos, we can see them on TV, you know, every week doing their thing. You know, you got you to gotta, you gotta come out and you got to find, you know, the Dark Horses, and they're out there in EWA, they're out there in other companies doing other things, and at the end of this podcast, I want you guys to promote yourselves a little bit, just tell us where we can find you, but I want to shoot a little bit with you guys just for a minute, so... 
We're gonna do, we're gonna go back to EWA now. Of course, we talked about EWA. There's changing of the guard. There's controversy going on, you know. But you guys have been there, you know, before. You guys during, and you guys are still there after. I believe, in my opinion, that you are two of the people that are gonna not only keep this company running, but keep this company going. And then there's a lot of things happening with EWA Pro Wrestling that are coming up in the future. Um, Grizz, can you talk about anything behind the scenes, you know, uh, you know, what's going on, the feel of the locker room, anything like that as far as EWA Pro Wrestling? As far as the locker room, I will say this. Um, it, was, uh, it was very uh, dark and gloomy for a bit. Um, as you saw, you know, some of the, the names that, you know, everybody is accustomed to seeing with EWA, uh, you know, leave. Um, for a little bit, uh, even though it was dark and gloomy, though I will say this: none of the talent in that locker room ever allowed us to feel that. Once it was time to go out there and do what we do in front of that crowd, if anything, we 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 had a sense of just more responsibility to make sure that we performed. Um, we and then that was kind of the feeling for I would say maybe like a couple shows, um, and then we started to see some new faces. I think those new faces, uh, some of them immediately brought some positive energy in. Um, and you could see a little bit of uh, hopefulness. Uh, and then um, with Raising the Cage, uh, it being the way it was, we had some of those new faces return. We had a few more new faces. and some faces that just had been there in a while come back. Um, we, saw, we saw leaders emerge in that locker room that night that, uh, you know, it was time to take the helm for them, and they went ahead and did, uh, did that. Um, and it's not to say that any of us weren't ready to do so. I meant uh, just... You know, he took the opportunity before anybody else could, and then that was that was good to see. Because uh, in this day, you mean we might not get along with everybody in that locker room, but none of us want to see this. Uh, we, we don't want to see this company uh, go away in the sense that, like, you know, unless the dark horses are the reason that this bitch crumbles. No, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. I think you guys are going to be one of the reasons that it survives. Very good points, Grizz. And and Tomahawk, I want to throw this back at you. You know, this is... uh Locker room leaders you talk about, I see you guys, I see Jason Drake, I see Miss Rizzo, I see Jesse, you know, Jesse O'Ryan, my God, you know, this guy, uh, this guy is one of the, um, you know, more recent graduates of the Pain Factory, and he's coming out, and he's getting over, and he's having matches, and he's he's doing a great job, and then and then you took, look at look, the weight of the world, Corey Bush, where you guys have had, uh, you know, your differences with in the past as well, but, you know, this guy's stepping up, the new heavyweight champion, he's a locker room leader too, and uh, I think there's a lot of potential and we're going to talk about you know what's happening with ewa but uh hawk do you see this as well a lot of potential going on here for ewa pro wrestling to be bigger than it even was in the past oh yeah of course i mean there's no there's no doubt about that i mean when you think about you know when chris talks about these dark days i mean that is with any overall company overhaul of a roster anywhere it's going to be different you know what i mean and, and i think that for anyone that's in that locker room now they got to be they got to be thinking sunshine, baby, because you got all these opportunities in front of you. You can go and grab everything. I mean, me and Chris, or you're shooting. We're not, we're not just content with we won the EWA Tag Team Championship because Richard Cage. We ain't, we ain't done with that. Yeah. Because as long as Corey Bush, he still got the title. You know what I mean? And, you yeah. know, like we don't, and it, it, for us, it's not just going to stop there. You know what I mean? I mean? You talked about Corey Bush. You talked about Jesse O'Ryan. You talked about Jason Drake. I mean, you guys are... You know, it might be you know happy to be there, happy to happy to be in the situation. But when it comes down to the fact that the dark horses are still there, no one in that locker room is relevant. To us. We don't care. We don't give a damn about any single person in that locker room except for Grizzly and Tomahawk because 
going to take everything we want from this company. And if that pushes it up or burns it to the ground, we don't care. That's what you guys need to understand. Um, you see these people that are really stepping up, and that's, that's the reason why, because this, this, this type of situation always creates opportunity, and that's what professional wrestling is about and, and to begin with. So, I mean, you know, the door's open for anyone to step in and be, for our, for our scenario, those guys. And, and to further elaborate on that opportunity that Tomahawk was talking about, like, again, don't don't just put us in that whole, you know, umbrella of just being a tag team specialist. Because what we see is right now, oh, we're the tag team champions, but we also see that there's opportunity for the Maryland and the heavyweight championship. Mind you, prior to this show, the main event for the last show, uh, prior to original case, the main event for the last show was myself versus John Burke. That match ended in controversy. My shoulder was not down at three. So then, Corey Bush gifted a match against John Berg at Rage in the Cage. After Tom Hogg and myself beat the dog shit out of both of them. So, so Corey Bush was in this heavyweight championship on a silver platter. So before, not only just because there was opportunity, myself and Tom Hogg wanted to go ahead and gun for either one of these championships, because I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm more suited for the heavyweight than Tom Hogg is. I feel that both of us should be able to fight it out for that title one day. But that aside, I've already fought for it. It was unclear. Corey Bush got the title handed to him, and this is this is that opportunity now. Now, whereas in the, in the past, singles wrestlers would have been positioned for the heavyweight championship because these bodies have left, these names have left. You know what? There's a tag team. There's, there's a tag team guy in, in the running for the, for the heavyweight championship. Tomahawk could very well be in the running for the Maryland championship. There's no reason why those championships shouldn't be covered covering us. You've had you've had a bunch of loser multiple champions in this company. It'd be really, really awesome for once for these championships to be around the most dignified tag teams who ever exist in EWF. Wow, that's strong. I, I gotta like that. I, I would love to see that. And I would love to see you guys fight for uh, individual titles. I would love to see you guys go head to head, you know, to see if there's a number one contendership in spot. And, and this is all very possible because EWA has some big things coming up. Uh, we want to talk about Warehouse Wars, uh, EWA Pain Factory training facility where uh, you can still go, you can uh, become uh, a professional wrestler, get trained. Uh, you know, there's birthday parties happening around. If you want to be a referee, if you want to be a ring announcer, if you want to be a, a a manager, valet, you know, singles, tag team, whatever the case may be. Uh, let's talk about Warehouse Wars. Give, give us an idea of what this is going to feel like, Tomahawk. Well, I mean, they're completely revamping the training facility itself. I mean, it's getting worked on literally as we speak. You know, it's going to be a top-notch facility for anyone that wants to impress the wrestler to come in and put their dream out and then eventually get stopped with the dark horses. But I'll digress a bit. Um, the Warehouse Wars is a cool concept because, you know what I'm saying, it's given an opportunity for guys that, you know, necessarily maybe haven't gotten through the EWA yet, man. Maybe haven't even come with the ranks yet, but there's an opportunity right in themselves to get eyes on them. It's going to be like dark horses, you know. But I mean, well, uh, we're still talking about, you know, where hard work stuff. So, I mean, it really comes down to it's going to be it's going to be a cool uh, scenario where, you know, we're going to have some some awesome matches and uh, you know whatever we'll dominate there too, whatever. It's cool. Yeah, this is going to be uh, something that happens at the EWA Pain Factory Training Facility in Dundalk, Maryland. As you said, it's going through a complete overhaul right now. Um, it, you know, they, they want to bring in, you know, new people to train. They want to bring in people to watch the product and they want to give opportunities to people, uh, to, you know, get their way up to making their way onto main shows and things like that. Uh, and you can check out EWAProWrestling.com, EWAMaryland.com, EWAMaryland on Facebook. Um, you know, you're going to check it out. And, uh, 
Grizz, how do you feel about this, uh, you know, this revamping of, do you think this is going to bring some vitalization not only into the pain factory, but EWA pro wrestling as a whole so that, you know, when these people are coming up and these people are trying to take opportunity, they're going to be trying to, they're going to be trying to take them against you guys, the veterans. How do you feel about this? that yeah and i'm gonna i'm gonna do that you know i'm gonna spread the word i still got my finger on the pulse of independent wrestling and you know i i want ewa to succeed i want the dark horses to have the best competition and all of the competition you know individually and together and i want to see that on warehouse wars i want to see that on the next show coming up at tall cedars hall in parkville maryland which is going to be sometime in the near future um you know ewa's got a lot of things going on so i'm excited about that go ahead Oh, I mean, I thought I heard you. I thought Tom was jumping in. I'm sorry. You know what? Hey, I, I appreciate this. This has been a great conversation, and we're going to get you all out there on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We're going to hashtag everybody. We're going to tag everybody. Tomahawk, why don't you tell us where we can find the Dark Horses uh, on instant, uh, Instagram, Facebook, social media, all this? Yeah, we got the Instagram going up. You know, I'm supporting Dark underscore Horses, baby. You know what I'm saying? That's what we do. Uh, we got That's right. Find the dark horses, you know, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, up and down the East Coast. You're going to find them or they're going to find you. So uh, we're going to we're going to wrap this up right now. It's been a great conversation with the dark horses. Uh, we're going to have this podcast blowing up, shooting with the dark horses. Grizzly O, final words for the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Talk about dirty and ugly. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. That's my boys. Tomahawk, final words. We're going to do exactly what we've always done, man. Dark horses are here to stay, take over. 
pretty much basically what we've been doing since we were kids, man. And I need everyone out there to understand that, man. Cruising on time out are the real deal. Don't get that ass whooped anywhere. Don't got to be the DW way, man. We're out in West Virginia. We're out in Tennessee, Delaware, New York, Pennsylvania, everywhere. Anywhere and anywhere. We, we are the best kept secret of professional wrestling, and we are the best tag team in the DMV, baby. That's the Dark Horses. Come get that ass whooped, and we out. And we're back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty yep. Rick. And I am the Big Ugly. And uh, we want to throw a shout out right now to uh, Jam and Jason, CM Funk, uh, all the guys that come uh, on our podcasts because uh, Dark Horses are coming back. And man, I tell you what, uh, that interview with the Dark Horses was dark, uh, if you want to put it that way. It was dark, man. Those guys are ready for anybody, man. They want anybody just to come down to EWA so they can just run through them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they. They are different places. EWA, they said they're on the DMV, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. But EWA is going to have these warehouse wars, which is going to be pretty cool. They uh, totally redid the EWA Pain Factory, according to the Dark Horses. And, uh, you know, it's going to be more friendly for uh, training. You know, it's going to be another place to get out there and just uh, learn to be in the world of professional wrestling. You know, you got MCW's training center out there. You got ACW's training center out there. There's plenty of places to go, but, you know, go out and do your research, make your choices. Do what you got to do, but there's people down there who 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 care. So I mean, check it out, man. But the dark horses, man, I'm telling you, and these guys are brothers. This is, and, and I made a correlation between the dark horses and the Usos. I know they kind of like, you know what? Well, we don't make that correlation because we feel like that we can beat anybody. But the Usos are brothers, like they're legit brothers, and they've yes. been doing things since they were kids together, and now they're one of the hottest tag teams on the planet. And I love watching and everything. Thought, but yeah, who have thought, right? <laughs> I mean, but they're getting to, to be more of themselves, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so it was fantastic and awesome. And uh, Dark Horses, we appreciate you being on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We're going to share it. We're going to tag you guys on everything, and we want you guys to um, be out there. Now, here's a, a, something interesting, Big Ugly. We're going to go off on a little tangent right now because we're watching uh, the man uh, who is known simply as Elias. Who and, wants to walk with Elias? I mean, I do. I really do. I want to walk with Elias or, or sit with him or whatever he plans to yes. do. Yes, man, I got to tell you something about Elias. When he first hit the scene in NXT, I was not really impressed. Right, you know, as the I was, drifter. As the drifter, I was like, okay. Elias Samson. Yeah, I mean, he used to walk around, he strummed his guitar, all of that. But I tell you, like, these past couple months, man, he's he's really made an impact. And, and I'm loving the entertainment value. He is a prime example, and I was reading an article about it, and I completely agree, mm-hmm. of how entertainment and being entertaining is still a very important part of this business. Sure is. You know, at this point in the business, you know, we're kind of in a market where people just love great wrestling, mm-hmm. but he's one of those people where he brings that entertainment value, just like The Miz. So. It's very true. And both of them can also work in the ring very, very well. Right. They got the mechanics, they got the basics, but they can also work and, and they can have the long matches and take the big bumps if necessary. Yeah. So when you have that kind of uh, package, that's great. Now, speaking of which, we're about to see something here on Monday Night Raw uh, that you haven't seen yet. And that's all my notes actually to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. So I don't know if you saw this online on social media or anything, but uh, 
Elias got interrupted. And he got interrupted by the beast among men, Braun Strowman. Um, and what he did is actually they just shut Elias down. And then they put uh, an announcer up there, ladies and gentlemen, Braun Strowman. No, brawl, nothing like that. And Braun was sitting on a stool on the stage of Monday Night Raw, and he had a huge bass in his hand. Like, not this guitar that Elias has, but he had a huge bass guitar, and you're gonna see it watching up in here a little bit. And Braun actually got into a little bit of the Gaga. He started singing, and he was singing about getting these hands, and you know, and Elias, and it was funny. And then he was just, he threw the microphone out of the way, and he carried that big bass over his shoulder, and uh, eventually he ended up taking that big bass and destroying it over the back of Elias, <laughs> which you knew it was coming. Yeah. But when you see this on the TV, now, let's talk about this. It's on my list. Braun Strowman, okay? Now, Braun Strowman has been a huge, you know, just a big dominating, you know, turning over big trucks and ambulances and everything like that. Does it benefit Braun Strowman to at least show that he's available to do a little bit of the Gaga? I think so. And listen, let me tell you something about Braun Strowman. When he first came in, yeah. he, just, he just seemed to be another big guy. They, right. they put him with the Wyatt family. Sure. He was green. You know, he didn't really... You could tell he, he was... Absolutely. Green. And... Okay, so we are blowing up so much on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast that we actually blew up there for a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> good, good cover. Yeah, you know what? I tell you, yeah, I say, everybody's uh, even, we're working so hard here and our equipment's working so hard right here on the Yeti microphone. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I tell you what. So uh, we were talking about Braun Strowman, so let's yeah, get back so to this. Yeah, so let me get back to I'm sorry. So what I was going to say about Braun Strowman Go ahead. is... You know, when he came in, I was talking about how he was kind of green. Right. Um, you know, and it just looked like he was just going to be another big guy. And we know that, you know, word on the street is Vince loves big guys. Yes, he does. But I'll tell you one thing. The first time I knew that Braun Strowman was a different type of big guy was in the one match where he actually did a kip-up or pop-up. Do you remember that? I he sure started do. doing a spin around. He did a pop-up. And I was like, number one, they're going to tell him not to do that anymore. But right. number two, that was pretty cool. Right. For somebody his size. But then it's like, you know, as he's continuing to grow and develop into a character with the, you know, you're going to catch these heads, you can realize he can cut a promo, mm -hmm. he can kind of be funny, but at the same time, he's keeping that, like, monster persona. Let me tell you something. I think it's great. We've seen this kind of thing, though, happen with the Big Show. Uh-huh. That's and exactly I what I was thinking. don't want them to do what they did with the Big Show with him. Big Show started showing that he had a little more character to him, that he just wasn't some big monster. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, we kind of, you know, we saw his career played out. Right. Know? Too many heel and face turns. Right. Too much silly comical stuff. stuff. Yeah, silly stuff. So, Braun Strowman's got to walk the fine line, man, and hopefully, you know, they, they got to treat him like Lesnar. And mm -hmm. I think that they have to continue to do that for the majority of his career. Um, other than that, he's going to end up like the Big Show. Um, and I think we're looking at a couple of things because Braun Strowman's actually destroyed the Big Show on a couple of occasions. So, Braun Strowman has more of that, that, that athletic background, more of that strongman-type background. The Big Show was definitely big, you know, but he came into his craft a little bit more on and then as he came into a little bit more of the the humorous or the comical which he is he's very comical he's very personable um you know that kind of just played into him but it actually played into him very well because he took less bumps over time you know maybe his career he maybe oh wow we just saw Braun Strowman bake to break the base over uh, Elias that was fantastic but we saw 
big show, and he's at that twilight of his career right now. We may see one or two more things from him. Uh, he may go into the Hall of Fame, oh, by the I way. I mean, he's definitely a future Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know when, but yeah. uh, and we're going to get into that because I have a, a Hall of Fame note here, too. Speaking but, of, I have something, too. Oh, you have something, too? I have too. something, too. All right, well, by the way, Elias, yes, uh, fantastic uh, for Elias, but also fantastic for Braun Strowman. Keep it up. Walk the fine line. He's going to be heavyweight champion someday. Go ahead. Absolutely. So, I was going to say, going in, we're talking about Big Show, um, Parallel career to Mark Henry. Right. I, I don't know how they're parallel. But anyway, <laughs> the point is, is that... They're both big guys. Yeah, they both started around the same time. There you go. And so, uh, Henry actually... Uh, from what I hear, he's actually producing backstage. That's right. So, it's kind of funny. He, he he had a really quiet retirement, almost like Christian. You know, mm-hmm. he kind of just faded out there. Um, and, and, you know, he's producing backstage. But... And it's funny because we've been talking about Black Panther and this relationship with the African-American community. Mm-hmm. So TMZ Fota got Mark Henry out and about and asked him about Hulk Hogan. Mm. Now, we know there's starting to be more rumblings of Hogan wanting to come back. Right. Flair has made you know comments saying that he thinks Hogan should come back. That's correct. Henry says that Hogan should apologize first to the African-American superstars, not just the ones back then, but the ones that are currently in the WWE. Um. And, and and then, you know, I guess he's saying that that should be, like, his gateway back in. We kind of covered this about a year ago. We did. We had a Hogan. whole episode about right, we had the whole N-word. Episode, yeah, about the N-word. Yeah. Now, let, getting back to that, here we are a year later. Hogan still has not come back to the WWE. Right. We see legends like Flair saying he should come back. We see Henry saying he should be walking back on a condition. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that condition. But what do you think now, looking at a year later? Is it time, or do you think that... You know, I think it's time. It, it doesn't matter anymore. I mean, it does matter. You know, because yeah. people will still think about it. People will still talk about it. I don't think you should make it a big deal, like have him come out on the middle of Monday Night Raw and apologize like that. Yeah, no. I think you should have the WWE release a statement, maybe through their website or their social media. I can see that saying you know something quick and simple, like you know Hulk Hogan definitely understands the allegations from what has happened to him, why he was discredited and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe put a quote in there and say, you know, I sincerely apologize for everything that's happened. And I I certainly uh, apologize specifically to, you know, a certain group of people, maybe like Mark Henry said, the African-American, you know, and not just performers or workers, but just everybody, you know, his intentions were not malicious in any way and he you know he hopes that uh, this you know can all go past him and then that's it don't mention it at all you know just leave it out there as this is documented kind of like Roman Reigns did when he was alleged of uh, using steroids and using drugs again he just put out one tweet that basically said I've been clean 11 times since this has all been out here 11 random drug testings and I'm good and guess what we haven't heard about it again you're right here's the thing here's what I think WWE should do for strategy, because I know mm-hmm. that they they get, they're concerned about the backlash that they could potentially receive sure. from having Hogan come back. Why not have Hogan show up on a house show, right? So it's not TV. Okay, you'll you'll gauge the audience reaction to having Hulk Hogan come out. Listen, it's not going to stay secret, right? So what are people going to do at the house show? They're, they're going to tweet. They're going to tweet about it. They're going to put it on social media. Then you analyze the reception from the social media. How how are the people that are finding out that Hogan returned? How are they taking it, right? Mm-hmm. And then that way you can kind of gauge the heat level and be like, okay, you know what? Maybe we can do a TV premiere. You know what I'm saying? To get Hulk Hogan back. I don't know. That will. Th- those are my thoughts um, on it. You know, I understand it's a business. It's a business. Right. Game. It's a. You know. It's. You know. You can't have anybody that's bad for business. You right. Know? I think about the same thing. 
kind of almost like the situation with Colin Kaepernick. You know, the, you know, it's, it's business. So, well, um, I mean, you talk about Colin Kaepernick. That's a little bit then talk about Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan is like a, one of the main names in entertainment and sports and professional wrestling yeah. for the past thirty yeah. years. So it's a little bit different. I it's think, a little bit different. But what I'm saying by that is that the Kaepernick thing is that it's it's a PR thing where they don't want any bad. Public publicity, right. right? You know, so just like the NFL teams would say, we don't want this guy here because he's bringing bad publicity. Mm-hmm. WWE is pretty much saying the same thing for Hogan. You know, in their world, he could potentially still be bad for business. I personally don't think they're going to have an issue. I don't think so either. And I think that they're going to do what they want globally, regardless of because I mean, if you get backlash from any certain group or any certain person, you know what? It's that's more eyes on the product. You know, it, it might be negative eyes at first, but then you just spin it and then you work it to your advantage. And then you have that be on the, the main outlets, just like everything else is on the main outlets. Uh, you know, en- entertainment tonight, the sporting news, uh, whatever. I, I mean, ESPN, all of that stuff. So I, I think it's time. I think it's still, you know, WrestleMania, Hulk Hogan coming back to host it at the Silverdome or Superdome or whatever you want to call it. I think it's time. I think they I think they announce it at a certain time. I think they build it. And I think once they announce, you know, maybe just to make an announcement, Hulk Hogan is coming back. And then you get the buzz. What's going to happen? Who's going to say what? Then you get all that buzz and all that negative stuff out of the way. So by the time he actually does come back, it's all about Hogan, not about about right the n-word yeah you know which i gotta say being in the business of professional wrestling i think i said this before on one of our archived episodes that word is unfortunately thrown around as you know not anything malicious but like you know my boys my you know my my peeps you know as they're talking about something like that and that you know everything gets misconstrued and once somebody says something wrong on social media then it goes like you you hear all of these people getting you know Subjected with all of this BS, and once somebody puts something out there one time, you can't ever escape it. Yeah, no, I mean, crazy, right? Um, You know, definitely in the African American community. I mean, I can attest to it. Obviously, Um, you know, it's it's used more as a term of endearment, sure, amongst people in the community, right? But you know, um, the word itself has really no. It's the connotation. It's the context. It's every. It's the intention behind the word, and that goes with any word that you say, right? Because, I mean, yeah, because it can be used, even amongst the African-Americans, it can be used negatively if it's intended to be. You know sure, what I'm saying? exactly. Um, because, you know, uh, but I don't know, we've gotten so political. <laughs> I don't know. This we're, is the political like, podcast. Exactly. Like, we're about to go into another realm. Let's get back to wrestling. My goodness. Yeah, I just wanted to cover your thoughts on Hogan coming back. Let me <laughs> ask you a question. Let's just go on complete tangent in All the right. other way. Yeah. Does your DVR or whatever, does it eliminate commercials automatically? So this is actually Hulu. Oh, this is Hulu. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that there is no commercials. Right. On Hulu. Exactly. So we actually we're bougie and we subscribe. Bougie. To, yeah. We subscribe to the Hulu without commercials. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I love it because I fast forward through them anyway. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I tell you what. Easy. Fantastic. Hey, man. Let's uh, let's jump into some of my other notes yeah. here. Um, we're going to talk about the Elimination Chamber because that is coming up very, very soon. Uh, but we're going to talk about, we kind of touched on Fastlane, which is going to happen on March 11th, which is the SmackDown Live specific pay-per-view, the last SmackDown Live specific pay-per-view. Uh, and we'll talk on that the next podcast, um, which we'll have to make a date for because we got to look at our calendar because yes. we're both very busy individuals. Yes. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, let's talk about um, any follow-up from the Royal Rumble. I mean, it was a great event. It was in Philadelphia. There was no hey, riot. Man. Everybody was happy. Yeah. Uh, you know, we- I got a follow-up. I'm sorry. You got a follow-up. Yeah. Let's do this because I thought so, we did. 
I don't have a, so the funny thing is I don't really have much of a follow up for Royal Rumble. Oh. But there was one thing I wanted to mention from the Raw twenty five before. The oh, Royal Raw twenty five. Okay. I was. I meant to talk about this last time. Was it me or was I the only one upset that Stone Cold didn't have an actual speaking part? Uh, you know, I agree. I mean, I was like, he, he came out, man, and, and I'm sitting there watching with my wife, and, you know, she doesn't really watch wrestling, but, I mean, sure. I am like a little kid down in a basement when Stone Cold comes out with Vince, you know, I'm, I'm so excited, it's taking me back to, like, 1998, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, and so, he comes out, he does the, he does the stunners and everything, mm-hmm. he never talks, Vince no. talks the whole time, he never says anything, and I'm just like, I, I didn't even need him to say much, but I mean, he just could have said, if you want to see Stone Cold Steve Austin give Vince McMahon a stunner, give me a, you know. Right. And that, or that's the bottom line. It, one right. of his taglines. Yeah, just one of the taglines, and that would have been, but it just felt a little, it felt great, and then it just felt a little weird because he never said anything. He didn't. I, I, maybe it was to design that he wasn't supposed to say anything. And I mean, every you know, he talks a lot on his podcast, you know, the, the Steve Austin show, uh, which is great, by the way. There's a great interview with Edge and Christian, which is on there, by the way. Oh, um, yeah. Check that out. But uh, maybe that's why. I mean, maybe that's why he, he didn't want to grab a microphone because, I mean, if he did, I mean, he could go all night long and just, uh, you know, just rip on people and rip on everything he could. But he didn't have to. But I understand. I would have liked to have hear him say something. It would have been nice. Yeah. But uh, So that was it. That was only my follow-up. That's yeah. all right. But it was still good, cool to see him and get a pop. And But still nothing beats the pop, though, when he came out to the ring uh, during WrestleMania in Dallas. And he was it was Shawn Michaels and then Mick Foley and then Stone Cold into 100,000 people right there. And God bless Texas, as JBL said. <laughs> and that was the biggest pop I think I've ever been a part of. And, uh, you know, he didn't say anything there. He just came out and right. beat up the League of Nations and... Uh, he did a did a couple stunners and actually stunnering Xavier Woods yeah, was fantastic was too. Good, yeah. Man, I tell you, I want you want, after you watch some uh, SmackDown on you're gonna want some pancakes because uh, they have a, a big E pancake eating contest. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty good. But anyway, I digress again. Let's talk about this. So the Rumble follow up for me, I just I, I loved the, the Rumble matches themselves. I think the uh, undercard had a little bit left to be desired, but that's okay because the Rumble should be about the Rumble. Yes. Um, the undercard just kind of builds up for more um, main event stuff to happen down the road, uh, including something I'll get into. But Finn Balor lasting almost an hour in the Men's Rumble and Sasha Banks lasting almost an hour in the other Rumble. I don't think they should let that sit. I know they've announced it a couple times on TV since that, but those that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, they didn't win, but that's okay. They lasted almost an hour, so they need big storylines heading into these next couple pay-per-views in WrestleMania. Yeah, and I think it would be good, you know, and I give Finn, you know, a little bit of attitude to his character, which I really think he needs, what I really which I really think he needs to be like, you know, hey, I lasted an hour in the Royal Rumble. What have you done? You right. know what I'm saying? Uh, give him something because uh, I love Finn Balor. He just smiles too much. Well, you know, that's him. But, I mean, that's Finn Balor smiling, but then the yeah. demon doesn't smile at all. That, that is true. And the we do need a smile. demon yeah. entrance at WrestleMania, I think. Oh, without a doubt. You know, and they are doing what we talked about about a year ago on this podcast. They're kind of leaving the demon thing as a special, you know, not doing it all the time. But Finn's out there, you know, working his ass off every week. Yeah. And uh, now he's gotten even the Bullet Club involved, which is great because it gives Anderson and Gallo something. Um, so they have the group mentality. They also have the individual and the tag team mentality. Um, and I think Finn has a great line into Raw, maybe even SmackDown. I think he could main event SmackDown. 
I, I, like I believe he. I, I believe he can. So yeah. uh, I, I love it. I love Finn Balor. I just want to stay um, healthy. Now yeah. I want to jump over to another tangent because we're watching it on television right now. Uh, the Hall of Fame this year is looking pretty good. Uh, it's looking pretty stacked. Goldberg was first. Absolutely. Then we have the Dudley Boys going in. Um, now we have Ivory, which is a great. Uh, I mean, she, yeah, she deserves it. You got to go back and watch this right. promo and yeah. listening to it, man. Yeah. She was so versatile, so yeah. talented, and so charismatic. Yes. She could do anything. Yep. And she was a great trainer then after that. And she was also, you know, easy on the eyes. Yeah. She was all right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you'll see this. And then actually tonight on and Monday. She was a real wrestler. Oh, yeah. In the Divas era, the, she was right, one of the. The real, right. Straight, straight yes. wrestlers. Yes, absolutely. Her, Jacqueline, Lita, Trish Radis, yes. Yeah. And even China. Lita and Trish. Yeah, Lita, Trish, and China even got into the, the fact. And they even mentioned China. She's even on that promo yeah, for Ivory. Which so, is pretty good because, I mean, you know, they don't really show China that much. They so don't. For her to be put in there, it was pretty good. And that was a, yeah, that was a featured part of that promo for yeah. Ivory. So that's great. Um, and we also, as you said, you're going to see tonight, actually, the next. And now this one surprised me, but I'm very happy about this. Double J, Jeff Jarrett going into the WWE Hall of Fame. Now, I'm sure we're going to talk about this more on the road to WrestleMania, but I just want to say Jeff Jarrett was fantastic in the WWE. I think he had a great character, great personality. Um, he was a great worker. Then he went over to TNA, and actually uh, his family kind of bought into the company, and he was running TNA and working in TNA for about 10 years. He kind of fell off the wagon, you know, a little bit of, little bit of trouble, a little bit of problems, but uh, I know he's getting himself better. I mean, they wouldn't be inducting him into the Hall of Fame if he was off the wagon, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Because uh, they waited for a while to get Scott Hall and Jake the Snake Roberts until they were at least clean enough and sober to get out there. So uh, Je Jeff Jarrett going into the Hall of Fame now. And this was something that CM Funk, and I'm going to throw the shout out to him again. So he talked about this. So maybe his ex-wife, uh, Karen Jarrett, or maybe his wife. I think it's Karen Jarrett. I think they're still married. I can't remember. But Karen Jarrett is Kurt Angle's ex-wife. Ex yes. So they should bring this in all to storyline. So you got... Karen Jarrett inducting her husband into the Hall of Fame, okay? And then you got Kurt Angle, who used to be married, and then his bastard son, Jason Jordan. And then you got this whole big storyline that the McMahons used to have back in the Attitude Era with the Angles now. And the Jarretts. And then you got the whole Angle-Jarrett thing. And I would love to see a, a family versus family, like, you know, custody papers match or something. I don't know. Anything. Did something fun with that. If they could pull it off, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know how cool Angle would be with that. I don't, uh, know, I don't know if there's is there heat between him and Jerry. Uh, well, it, you know, they they worked together actually in TNA after this whole thing went down. Okay. Um. So they, I guess they have to have enough. I want to say enough uh, good blood between them because I yeah. mean Angle's a big part and he's in the Hall of Fame now too. Yeah. And he's a big part of the WWE. Yeah. So Jarrett coming in, I mean. I don't think Vince McMahon wants to rock the boat, kind of like you said earlier. Yeah. So he's gonna, he's not gonna bring in anything that's gonna be a political bomb. But that's, right. uh, that's yeah. gonna be fun. I Jeff mean, me Jarrett, per yeah, me personally, I've never been a big Jeff Jarrett fan. I, Come I, on, man. I mean, I don't know. I guess I, I think it was like the whole country thing. It just didn't do it for me personally. But you know, I had no problem. His in-ring work was was good or whatever. He I, called people slap nuts. <laughs> I mean, he was in WCW too and was WCW champion for quite yeah, a while. Yeah. So I, yeah, for me, I. I don't know. It's just for me, Jeff Jarrett was never, I don't know. But 
I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I do no. think he deserves it. He's, he's been a legend in the wrestling business. Absolutely. He's a legend, and I believe he deserves it. And um, Speaking of, man, it makes me think of uh, the road dog who used to be Jeff Jarrett. That's Rody. right. When does the New Age Outlaws go into the Hall of Fame? I man? tell you. Um, What's the hold up? Not this year, because they already got, well, I mean, they got a tag team going in Yeah, this they already year. got the Dudleys. But they don't have a faction going in yet. So if they want to put a faction in, put in DX. I mean, they can, as a yeah, whole, yeah, you could put in DX as a whole, but then um, I, I would, I don't know, because Hunter's going to get his own bit eventually. The New Age Outlaws, I mean, they're a legendary tag team. They, they have to go in. I don't know if we talked about this. I'm going to throw off on the tangent again because yeah. we're seeing Woken Matt Hardy on the television now, yeah. who is they're talking about being broken. Jeremy Borash came from Impact Wrestling and is now in WWE as an agent or whatever his role is there, and now the WWE has the entire rights to the whole Broken Universe that was over in Impact Wrestling. All of it. So we could see Brother Nero, you know, Jeff Hardy. Yeah. We could see the whole, um, you know, uh, you could see Senor the whole drone Benjamin. and Senor Benjamin. Yeah. And, uh, and Vanguard one. Vanguard one. And we, we could see it. Yeah. I mean, right. And I still say, like you said earlier, we, we should send Matt Hardy over to SmackDown. We and should. Main man. event that. Matt Hardy, and I think we might have talked about it, his saving grace is going to be him doing the Zack Ryder thing and utilizing YouTube and social media to continue to put over the broken character. I hope so. I, I don't feel like he's going to get the amount of time that he deserves and needs to really build that character in the WWE. So right. he's going to have to start really pushing that you know, on his own time. Um, and you got to go back and watch this match too, this five-way um, this five way at the end of the, and to see uh, you know about the elimination chamber it's all building up to the chamber which is great but uh, I tell you what Apollo Cruz man it was kind of the the dark horse in this match if you want no pun no intended pun at intended. all <laughs> but dude yeah. he performed his ass off in this match so he showed I mean, he can hang with the yeah. main event uh, hey Apollo Cruz listen his wrestling ability I have had never had a doubt man I mean he's he's a great in-ring performer. Mm -hmm. The only thing I've ever, only bone I've ever had to pick with Cruz is, you know, the entertainment part of it. His ability to cut a promo and his, his just charisma. Sure. In the That's ring, where Titus Worldwide comes in. Right. Yeah. In the ring, he, he shows it. He has it. Um, you know, but I think he's starting to come into his own. I'm starting to see he's getting a little more comfortable with the backstage yeah. stuff. So I think you keep him with Titus for a while. I think it's, I think it's going to come out. You know, we had to do the same thing with Big E. Mm -hmm. Before Big E, it was like you know, in ring he was okay. Didn't really have much of a personality. Put him with the New Day, boom, clicking. And it's awesome. It's awesome, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, and that's going to be good. And you got to go back and watch this. It's a, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan, like we talked about. But uh, hey, let's give a shout out to the real Apollo Cruz, C R U Z, the baddest man in Maryland, uh, the one and the only. Give a shout out to Apollo Cruz, um, and uh, we thank him for listening. It's still the podcast we did with him long, long time ago. One of the highest rated podcasts on Dirty Ugly Wrestling history. Yeah. Um. So, and that was what almost two years ago now. Yeah. My time goodness, flies, man. doesn't it though? Gosh. Wow. I'm telling. So let's um, let's jump in. We've been talking about it all all day, all night long. Let's talk about the elimination chamber. All right. Um, so what matchups we got? So we there got? are three mm -hmm. that I know of mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. um, one of them you mentioned earlier. It's going to be Oscar uh, versus Nia Jax, and it's a singles match. So if Nia Jax wins, she's going to be added to the Raw Women's Championship match, whatever it may be at WrestleMania. So I'm calling Gaga. Gaga. For I'm this one, are you Gaga sure on this match? And the reason I say that is because here you have two people that have been built up as these monsters. Mm -hmm. Oscar undefeated, Nia Jax is like almost the Braun Strowman of the women's division, right? Right. right. 
You can't. Who who can put the other one over? Clean. You can't. You got to bring in some guy. Guy. Someone's got to win, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's going to be. So you know, it's not going to be a clean finish between the two of them. No, I can't see it. Now, here's something I want to throw in there that uh, we were going to talk about earlier. So we talk about the Raw Women's Championship. Alexa Bliss is the Raw Women's Champion right now. I think it was on this show right here. It was either this one or the week before on Monday Night Raw, where she came out and actually interrupted Kurt Angle. Yeah. I, I believe, and she was saying, so why why in the world do I have to defend my championship in Elimination Chamber and Brock Lesnar doesn't have to defend his title at all until WrestleMania? So she was putting herself on a pedestal with Brock Lesnar. This was like a shoot promo. Like she was coming out saying, you know, I'm just as valuable, if not more, so why doesn't he have to defend his title? Why can't I take a break until WrestleMania? And she kept on talking about the correlation between her and Brock Lesnar. I loved it. I think that's great. That is so That's great because Lesnar is kind of in this this field right now in this gray area yeah um, you know he used to be it used to be when you heard Brock Lesnar's name Brock Lesnar's music you heard Paul Heyman talk him up that this was the the kind of here now, gone here today, gone tomorrow. But when he comes, he's gonna kill you. Yes. Um. You know, and that's the way it should be. Yes. Uh, but Brock's been working his ass off so much. He hasn't been like the dominating beast. That role's been kind of played by Braun Strowman. Yes. So Brock Lesnar is actually working very hard to get other people over, even though he's still the champion. He's still winning. Yeah. Right. Which is not an easy feat, man. No. So you, have, you have to take your hat off to him because he's been accomplishing it. He is, and he, yeah. he's company man. I tell you what. Yeah. And he, and he better renew his contract because that is the sweetest gig in the world. I don't think he needs to go back to the NFL or the XFL or or UFC. He needs to just yeah, keep doing yeah, what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, and we need to see he's him once every uh, you know once every couple months. I'm okay with that, right? I, and I'm fi- I'm fine with that. I do th- I I would like Brock Lesnar to remove himself from the title picture. I think that'll um, happen. And, yeah, and I, I think that it's time for him to move back. I like when he's the beast and he comes in for a feud, and you don't need a title for Brock Lesnar. No. You just um, need a story. Right, exactly. But, you you know, we should have a champion that, you know, we're seeing on Raw. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And and it doesn't have – it's not that it has to be like every single Raw, this person's out there for a bunch of segments. But, right. You know, somebody more consistent than Brock Lesnar because as you go through the months, you don't even care who the champion is. No. Because you don't see the champion. Right. You know – You um, don't care and you right. don't really know. Right. You don't know. You don't – you know, it's like you got to wait for the next, you know, feud to be built up where Lesnar's going to come back for one of the bigger pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. So, that whole time, it's like the Universal Championship means nothing. You know? Honestly, the most meaningful title right now in all of WWE is the Intercontinental Championship uh, yeah, that Miz much. has. Yeah. Um, and Miz is, you know, his wife is going to have a baby. She's actually due the right. week of WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, you know, we got to see the Miz go through to fruition to WrestleMania and see what happens. But, um, man, I- I'm telling you, we need the titles to mean something. This is what we need. Um Let's just jump back in since we were talking about the women. Alexa Bliss defending the Raw Women's Championship against Bailey, against Mandy Rose, against Mickey James, Sasha Banks, and Sonya Deville. Now, I want your opinion on this, Big Ugly. Mm-hmm. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, do they deserve to be in this first ever women's elimination chamber match? Or like Bailey and Sasha and Mickey and Alexa, are there more deserving people that deserve to be in this spotlight? Or is there a reason they're putting these two in there? Is it so that they can take all the big bumps or that they can take all the heat and protect the other four? Tell me what your initial reaction to this is. Well, my thing is, uh, 
Because this is a, a all raw. This is still all, all raw, raw. per view, right? All raw. So if you, I mean, if you don't put them in there, who, who's missing from here that you could put in that you could say is more deserving? The only two that are missing are in the singles match, exactly. Asuka and Nia. Jax. Exactly. So it's like you know, I don't really, I don't really mind them being in this match because you know you you, you can't have Paige anymore, unfortunately. Right. So why not put the other two in there from Absolution and it may be Pages out there? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um. No, I think I think I think it's I think it's the right move. I think it's fine. And I think you get Paige out there too because of Absolutions in the match. Then you know Paige is going to be ringside. Yes, right. you know, and then that's a group kind of mentality where they're trying to take over the women's division on Raw. So you know, if there's two of them in the match, then yeah. that's two versus the world. Right. Everybody else, it's every person for himself. And they're a part of this women's you know quote unquote women's revolution. You know, they're they part are. Of, they might be they might be the newest comers. But, I mean, they've been pretty good in this stable. They've been pretty good. I'm just thinking that they're just so new from NXT and so new from, you know, like the other four are veterans. And I guess you need some new blood in there. I I get it. I just hope that they can perform up to the level that, you know, they need for this match to be. Right. Uh, Because this is a big deal. You know, we've had first, you know, first women's Royal Rumble, first women's everything, first women's Money in the Bank. Now we've got the first ever women's Elimination Chamber match. Um, Six women in this one. So it's going to be interesting to see, but we now have the first ever seven participant men's elimination chamber match uh, coming up at the elimination chamber. Who we got in there? Who we got in there? Let's just talk about it. We've got Elias who goes in last. Okay. So he has an advantage. We have Finn Balor. We have John Cena. We have Roman Reigns. We have Seth Rollins. And we have The Miz. And am I missing somebody? I think I'm missing a seventh name. Um, hang on just a second. Uh, let's see. Elias, Finn Balor, Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, right. okay. John right. Cena, Seth Rollins, and The Miz. So Reigns actually earned his spot into the match as well. So now I don't get – you've got usually two guys start the match. And there's four pods that go to open it randomly. Yeah. Are they adding a fifth pod or are they going to start off with three people in the ring? I mean – how does this work, and what does this do heading into WrestleMania? Go ahead, right, they because go ahead. you've got you've got the Elimination Chamber, and the elimination winner of the Elimination Chamber gets a shot at the title, right? Right. The winner and, of the Elimination Chamber goes to WrestleMania to wrestle Brock Lesnar for the title. But then you've got the Royal Rumble winner, who also. Well, the Royal Rumble winner was Shinsuke Nakamura, and he oh, chose right. AJ he Styles. Right, we're good. So, right. no matter what happens there. So, yeah. that's I'm why right. this is happening. Yeah, get myself back to that. All right, yep. yeah. Back so, from the cruise, yeah, Big Ugly. Exactly. So, yeah. So, um, I think that pretty much, I think we're going to see Braun Strowman come out. I'm, I'm looking for Braun Strowman or Roman Reigns to come out of this one. I, I, feel, like what, I feel like what we're going to end up with is we're either going to get a three, uh, a triple threat, with Reigns, Strowman, and Lesnar at WrestleMania, or we're going to get Reigns and Lesnar. Kind of tired myself of seeing Stro- uh, Rain. I'm sorry, Brock Lesnar in triple threat matches. Yeah, I, I me too. I'm I want to see yeah. him in a one on one big fight feel. Well, right. you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and actually, it wasn't Reigns that entered his way. I'm, I'm watching this match on Hulu right now for Monday Night Raw. It was actually a double win between Seth Rollins and Finn Balor, who both won this match, and they were both trying to earn their way into the sixth spot into the Elimination Chamber. But since there was a double pin, Kurt Angle said the next day, you know what? Both of you are going to be in the Elimination Chamber. Right. Okay. So we don't know what's going to happen yet. Man, this was a good match. You gotta go back and watch it. I'm telling you. Um, but you know, who knows? And the curb stop is back. Blackout. 
Is that what is this? Blackout? Yes, yeah, the blackout. Yeah, yes. there it is. And man, Apollo Crews, there he is. But anyway, yeah, so what can happen here? You're looking for maybe a triple threat match. You're looking for Roman and Braun to kind of, uh, you know, come out of this. Um, and, and there could be some controversy at the end of the Elimination Chamber. You know, who's going to win that? It could be the same thing like here. Yes. You know, like, could there be one winner? Could there be two winners? Who knows? Right. Um, but the chamber has got so much star power. The men's chamber has got so much star power in it. Finn and Seth and Miz, uh, you know, even Elias, all these up-and-comers. So I think you're going to see a WrestleMania card. And, you know, John Cena's in this match, too. You could hear the gong go off after this whole thing, and here comes The Undertaker. You never know. Oh, gosh, man. I, I know you not. and CM Funk don't yeah. want to see that. Yeah. But and I think even Chase Rollins on our last episode was saying, you know, it, it's it's time for please Undertaker. <laughs> I'll, and, Let him go. And we hope uh, you know Chris Burns finally made his way out of the mansion. He wasn't there when I left the mansion, so he he and Chase Rollins, you know, should, Chase Rollins should have been outside the yeah. mansion. They were all right. I didn't see him like in the rooms. I didn't see him in the parking lot. You know, whatever. So um, good. For them, but I, I'm excited to see the Elimination Chamber. It's always a, a fun structure to watch. Uh, match is always interesting to see who's going to come out next and what dynamic. Well, let me ask you this though: what Yes, if, what if instead of you have the Undertaker doing matches, what if he comes out of WrestleMania and kind of does like a Rock spot or you know an awesome or just a Legend spot where you know he comes gives a tombstone to somebody? Why not? Takes a walk. Sure. Yeah, you I don't mind that. Get the entrance. Get the get get the heat on somebody else yeah. and get the pop. Sure. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think he needs to be in a specific match situation because, I, I mean, the streak went and the streak was gone. Once the streak was gone, Undertaker matches at WrestleMania sort of lost that, you know, aura yeah. about yes. it. Not that they yes. were, I mean, they weren't the greatest matches in the world. It was still great to see the entrance and everything like that. Yeah. But I think even CM Funk alluded to it. There's matches after, even the, the match that ended the streak wasn't that good. Yeah. It was just the fact that the yeah. streak ended. The last good match for a taker at WrestleMania was CM, CM Punk. Punk. Yeah, that was it. That was it. Yeah. <clears throat> So I, I would I don't I wouldn't mind a legend spot. Give him something more to do than come into the Manhattan Center for, in front of a hundred people and you know cut a promo that doesn't make sense to anybody. Right. You know have him come out, and I don't care what gimmick he comes out and come out in the demon gimmick, come out in the biker gimmick, and then just uh, you know get on the mic or not even get on the mic, just tombstone somebody like you said. Yeah. Just pull that out the rock spot or a stone cold spot. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but hey, you know what? Elimination Chamber is going to set up the Raw side heading towards WrestleMania. And then the next time we come back on this podcast, we're going to break down the results of Elimination Chamber. And then we're also going to talk about Fastlane, which is the SmackDown uh, road to WrestleMania and uh, the Hall of Fame. There's going to be more inductees on that. And we're going to talk about NXT TakeOver New Orleans, which is going to happen uh, the night before, two nights before WrestleMania, actually. No, the night before. Wait a minute. The Hall of Fame, I think, is going to be on Friday. Uh-huh. NXT is on Saturday. Saturday correct. And, and then, then Sunday, WrestleMania is on Sunday. Correct. And then Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, no, I think Monday it's the other way around, right? Is it the I other think, way around? I think, I think, <clears throat> isn't, I no, think, I think the Hall of right. Fame is on Friday night. You're right. Friday night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I believe that's right. Because I, I remember thinking that it used to be reversed. The Hall of Fame used to be the night before WrestleMania. Yes, that's what I was thinking. And about. now they've switched they switched. that. Okay. Yes. And we're still going to need to see who's going to be doing the inducting because we still don't know any of that. A couple other things, little notes on here. Ring of Honor, uh, Emma has just shown up in Ring of Honor because her contract was uh, not extended by WWE. And now she's wrestling in some women's tournament for the first ever women's title in ROH. Good. Well, I'm glad she's kind of fallen on her feet and just like, you know, the others. Obviously, her stock is worth more. Absolutely. So, yeah. So it's uh, it's interesting, and I've been watching Impact Wrestling since it's been uh, 
out there, and it's it's a pretty funny. EC3 was shown on the NXT Takeover because now he's working in the Performance Center and he's going to be in NXT. But EC3 is in, all, in the whole block of shows uh, of Impact Wrestling, the first whole block of shows. Yeah. Him and um, you know uh, everybody, and and Austin Aries, man, I tell you, I love Austin Aries, but he came out in a suit and tie and beat Eli Drake for their World Heavyweight Championship on the first taping that he was on in less than two minutes. And then the next week there was a rematch, but an actual match between Austin Aries and Eli Drake, and Austin Aries won again. But, man, I love Eli Drake. I want yeah, to see man. Eli Drake yeah. do his thing. Yeah, man. You always know I've been a, I've been. A I know you I have been. been. So, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Um, so... I mean, it's Austin Aries. So, you know, he's it, another one. Like, I mean, his, his what can you say? His stock is up, right? It's Austin Aries. And, yeah, his stock is higher since he left the WWE. Right. I mean, you go to the WWE, you get that platform, and your stock is raised. Yeah. So, uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen there. A um, lot of things that I can't really talk about in the world of independent professional wrestling. There's a lot of interesting behind-the-scenes things going on. There's some changes being made personally and professionally. Um, but maybe we'll get into them on some later podcasts. But I do know we talked about earlier... Uh, the guests that are going to be coming on. We have a lot of people. We talked about the Praise Me practice from SWO. Uh, we want to get them on the show. You know, Keith B. Craft and, and uh, Timekeeper Joe Clunk and referee Corey Berger, B-E-R-G-E-R cookies. Uh, you know, I know they all want to come back on the podcast. Um, you know, and there's a lot of people are, are talking about Emma. You know, my friend Emma, who I know from uh, photography and Katsukon and cosplay and all this other stuff. Um, you know, she, her schedule has been a little strange, but I know she wants to come on. She wants to talk wrestling with us, and she just wants to shoot the breeze with us. So uh, we're going to have more interviews. And, 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 hey, if you know somebody out there who should be interviewed on the podcast or you want to be interviewed on the podcast, let, let us, us up. know. Yes, please. Let us know. We're on Facebook, Dirty Ugly Wrestling 2018. We're at Twitter, D-U-W, uh, D-U Wrestling Pod. We're on Instagram. Find Dirty Ugly and also find Mikey D. The Voice on Instagram. Do this. Uh, you know, find us on dirty, you know, email dirtyuglywrestling at gmail.com. We're still there. Uh, find Eric Murphy. Find Michael Dels. You know, find us all because we're here and we're dirty and we're ugly and we're ready for it. Big Ugly, how we doing on time? I know we had the little snafu there. Man, I guess. Uh, we all right? Yeah, I mean, I think. Um if you don't have big About right. tangents... Well, I mean, we always got tangents. We always got tangents, man. I mean, we yeah. went into political, man. We talked about gun had, control yeah. and Black Panther yeah. and all that. But right. uh, with the uh, with the interview going with the, with the Dark Horses, uh, you know, I think this is a pretty good place to stop the podcast. Yeah, go ahead right ride off into the sunset. We're going to do that, and then we're going to come back in a couple of weeks. And we thank you again. We, we can't tell you enough. Thank you so much. Share us, like us, follow us, subscribe to us, comment on us. Um, get out there. Every social media platform you can we appreciate you and and all all thank you to soundcloud itunes twitter uh i'm sorry stitcher and uh, well thanks to twitter too but tune in radio all this good stuff and man we're going to take this president's day and we're going to uh finish out and we're just going to enjoy today that's all we're going to do man and y'all going to enjoy your day out there too because it's it's a it's a new world coming out there because we're going to have things are getting better this is a positive way to look at things we're going to have be happiness in the world I don't know. I just felt like saying that. But, but anyway, thank you. Thank you, Peacemaker. Pe- right. We're going to be Peacemaker. Mikey D, the voice and the Peacemaker. And uh, as we start to watch SmackDown here on Hulu, we put over Hulu a lot yeah, on this we podcast. Um, we, we're going to see. Welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, we're going to see. You're, you're going to see Big Ugly now how Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin work their way into uh, the main event at Fastlane, which is pretty interesting, actually. It's a good story and a good match. 
uh, between the two of these guys. So thank you very much, Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We're going to ride off, as we always do, three, two, one. Deuces. Deuces, he said. Wakanda forever.